and misfits here at the recycle garage in sunny santa cruz california yeah how y'all doing wow we're back yeah. <laughs> did you miss us? People were so disappointed that we didn't put a show out know, last week. I, I felt like really bad, man. They like they were hating on us and stuff. I know. Man, sorry, I know. guys. <laughs> so first off, uh, apologies to everyone. First that off, was, deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> that was my fault. Um, surprisingly, took a long time for my brain to start functioning after the Pakistan trip. Like I was still, even though um, I was up and moving, my body was with it. My brain was still just kind of i think just processing yeah and i just didn't have the bandwidth to like get creative and come up with a topic and (laughs) i was like uh let's go out to dinner also sushi is just really good and i got two bowls of miso poured down my back it was really exciting (laughs) wait what yeah that happened yeah a a girl who like used to go to middle school with me she accidentally she was leaning over to put down miso on the table and two bowls of really hot miso got down my back oh no it sucked it was like something from a movie my jacket still smells like miso soup. It's I great. didn't even see that. I guess I guess I missed that. Oh, that. Yeah. I'm sorry that happened to okay. you. Okay. So, let's uh, say who is me here so in the garage. Sorry. You get me? This is Eliza. What's up, my wig wax? Mm-hmm. Going to school. I think it works for me. No? Okay. Okay. Over in the lonely corner is Bex. Lonely. So lonely. But wow. not with this wild world of the web. Chess. <laughs> what the hell are you saying? <laughs> Running the board tonight. We got Sorry. Bagel. Greetings and salutations. Sitting next to me and fondling uh, distance. Yeah. Is, is, is Knock. Hi, how you guys doing? <laughs> I guess you're still sticking with that one, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, next to that, we've got Olya. Всем привет. Ooh. Nice. Now on the pretty girl couch tonight, we've got Michelle. Assalamu alaikum, my hey. friends. Hey. Also on the pretty girl couch tonight, we've got Cassie, straight out of Oakland. Oaktown, bitch. Oaktown in the house. <laughs> Fuck yeah. All right, leaning way back like he's about to fall asleep. We've got Charlie. Yeah, I'm here. That's right. <laughs> Fuck you all. <laughs> oh, and next to that, we've got Micah. Yo, yo, wiki, wiki. See, how come that works so much better than what's up, my wig wax? Because you're, you're 50 years old. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good point. And you're trying, you're trying to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's another point. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so let's uh, do some catching up what we've been up to. While I do that, yeah. Micah, do you mind putting Bosley in the gate? I see he's hanging out by the door. Mm-hmm. He he's likes the fresh dirt air. right now. He's, he's eating dirt. Bosley, so. stop it. He he is that two year old that's just eating stuff off the floor. Yeah, <laughs> tasty tasty dirt. Yeah. So a um, bunch of stuff has <laughs> been happening. Um, update: I got a new project bike that we'll probably be hearing about for the next two years. <laughs> that Shit. is a um, and it won't ever run right. No, it's running great right now. Right now, <laughs> you've got two projects. I got a, well, I got more than that. It's a <laughs> it was a free bike. First of all, free bike. Free is always good. As cool, we all know, dude. there's no such thing as free. 
That's a cool bike, though. But it's, I think it's a 1975 MR175 Elsinore two-stroke. Yeah. And it came um, with flat tires, and uh, it's in a missing Kickstarter uh, lever. But Charlie bump-started it last week, and it started right up. Okay, so so the definition of running well is not it starting and then moving when you twist the throttle? because it, it No, no, I fixed that. Okay. You clean. What was the problem? Yeah, yeah. Was the uh, pilot jets? No, well, no, no, no. That needed nothing. No, the oh. wait. How old's the gas in there? Because I feel like it. I doesn't, have no idea. I feel like it's gutless. Right. All now. I know is that the tires have a 1993 date code on them. Nice. Um, yeah, they're brand new. It might, it might it might be worth siphoning the gas out and like making sure you have Maybe. the right gas to oil ratio in there. Yeah. Cuz it might probably. just it might just be I gas. I should probably also check it has oil, but you know, we'll see. Um uh but it's a fun little two-stroke and I threw a kick lever uh on there and the thing just runs and it's really loud and there's a lot of smoke <laughs> and it's so much fun. So it probably has oil in the gas then. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll see. That or is that the oil burning off of the engine? Well, or it's got a bad seal. Yeah, all of the above. So, and I wanted to thank Micah for helping me. I had to put a new tube in it, and the 24-year-old tires, even though they look brand new. Burn them. Were quite stiff and hard to get the old yeah. tube out and the new tube in. You don't say. But we did it. <laughs> yes, we did. We did it. Very it. exciting. Wow. It's awesome. I was um, like, uh, yeah. Well, she, yeah, so that's. told me I, I was actually doing tire changes for Doug. We're nah. doing the same damn thing. Nah. I, we got it I, done. I mentioned it. It might have bent your tire machine, no knock. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> Bex, you did something pretty cool on the dirt last weekend. What did you do? Oh, my God, yes, I did. Um, Jim and I went and explored Shasta at Choppy Shasta. Um, I think it's A-O-H-V. Uh, we had trails all to ourselves. We had swimming holes for right. stops. We had dead ends due to landslides. We had volleyball-sized rocks and creek crossings. Were there baby and, heads? Um, huh? Baby head boulders? Well, ba- uh, like a, a, a rock field of baby head-sized rocks? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. There were That's those, a, too. That's a good description. I, I felt <laughs> nice. Um, I took some corners. I uh, had, for me, a great learning experience. What were you writing? I was writing the TTR 225. <laughs> And great that bike. Was, yeah, it's a great bike. Um, had enough power to go up hills, to go through the creek crossings, um, to take on. Well, it had enough torque too, so that was nice. And I felt it had weight, so when I was going downhill, I could take on uh, a little bit of uh, turns. Um, in a way that Liza has told me about when we've been to Hollister. (laughs) Um, But I don't think I've ever executed until that, uh, which was my third, fourth, fifth, and sixth experience dirt biking. And now I have my own dirt bike gear um, because it's fucking awesome. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, Um, having your own gear helps. And I'd like to point out, too, I mean, anytime you have dirt biking, camping, and... Naked river frolicking. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. were a naked gym, so there's no secret here, right? Yeah, there were dicks Somebody and tits everywhere. Told on us <laughs> that that there was nobody there, and that you were able to just kind of no one there play yeah, around, I, play I, naked. I, I that was sounds awesome. Jumping off of boulders naked into swimming holes with waterfalls. 
That's after awesome. just yes. biking all nasty and dusty and and Man, I'm yeah, oh, it was so great. <clears throat> and then and then we came back to a campground that no one was there, and there's this like super stellar like space odyssey thing, uh, the dam. Shasta Dam hmm. was right there, which is kind of freaky if you think oh, okay, if it fails, not a good situation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be in. However, it was um, it was beautiful. Cool. Stars, like uh, yeah, no. Wait, how long it, were you gone for? Four days. Four days. Oh, that sounds really yeah. good. And then I came back and I got my own gear because yeah, I'm hooked. Yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, it's rad. The dirt's it's a good so thing. good. Well, it's it's crazy because like there's a whole thing about like people who just ride dirt bikes on the weekends, and then there's like the whole adventure enduro thing where you're like spending four days out. You're basically camping with a dirt bike, which is a mm-hmm. kind of a different situation, mm-hmm. and that's cool too. Like, I mean, that'll probably float most a lot of people's boats, you know, as opposed to just getting on a motocross track and ripping it up and down for three four hours, you know. So yeah, they had uh, a little a little practice track too. Yeah, uh, with some jumps and got familiar with the bike a little bit. Um, so we arrived day one. We got on our bikes, uh, did a ride to the end of another trail. and Yeah, it was just amazing. Cool. Both of us were really stoked on how few people were there. That's awesome. And can you say again where it was, if anyone in Northern California wants to try and head out there? Yes. Chappy Shasta. Chappy Shasta. It was fantastic. Okay. Yeah, I have a friend, Craig Miller, who keeps saying he wants to take <gasps> That's me. my father to go there. What? Why are you talking to my dad? Oh my god. There are more than one. They're freaking me out. You're freaking There's me There's more than one Craig Miller. You should probably go. Such an unusual name. Sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> that sounds awesome. And now Bagel. Yes. And you had a ride yourself. I did. I uh, went with the uh, Santa Cruz Scooter Club today up to a very special little place up in the mountains. Uh, it's a kind of a secret little vintage <gasps> camper trailer museum. What? <laughs> what? That sounds as crazy. It, that sounds as, as crazy as a toaster museum. Yeah, I was right? about to say, is it as illustrious as Liza's toaster <laughs> was museum? There it the is, murderer included? It is more illustrious than oh, that's Liza's great. toaster museum. <laughs> that's Liza, awesome. you might, if you need to get rid of stuff, you might want to talk to this guy. Um, <laughs> you yeah. can we hide an axe murderer in he, that one. I mean, it is it is amazing. He has he has the the oldest unused camper trailer probably in the world. Wow! It was a trailer that this guy built in Pennsylvania in like the late twenties, early thirties, and stopped kind of pretty much when it was done, but not quite ready to use, and he never actually used it. Yeah. And just sat there for years and years and years until this guy just happened to be driving by one day and, fa- and saw it. And and bought it, and it's That's and cool. completely restored it, and it's like 1920s, just in 1920s, 30s, just incredible, like old, like all hand formed wood. Uh, it has like a little balcony on the back, like old railroad railroad cars used to have. Oh, that's so cool! I mean, it's it's so. Was neat. there a bar anywhere into that area? Like, it'd be cool uh, if you just took one of those trailers and turned into like a bar car, right? Like, I, I don't know. Uh, Some of them might have had a bar built in. I, yeah. I don't, didn't notice, but but he had a, he had several old trailers there. There was a really really uh, neat one that was built by a fruit picking company back in the 50s, cool. which they, they used to, to put their people to work during the off season. <laughs> and it, but nice. it's like totally 50s like space age looking. Um, oh, cool. He's got a really cool 30s teardrop that's a woody, like with wooden sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which goes with the 1949 Plymouth How big is his property? He has an, like this enormous garage. This is all in a garage? Yeah. Oh. Okay, where yeah. was this again? Sorry. It's up in Ben Lomond. Um, oh, wow. The, the website is uh, Vintage Trailer 
fathermuseum.com. Okay, so it's not such a super secret anymore. Well, it's not super secret, but it's not an actual business. He, he doesn't actually collect money, but what he does is he does ask for donations for Habitat for Humanity. Oh, that's because, a great one. Yeah, because yeah. it's just like his own personal collection. He will, he's willing to you know show it off to people, but he does ask for donations because that's a cause that he's been involved with for many years and, and is very uh, very fond of supporting. Wow. And uh, But it is, it is a fantastic collection. He's got all kinds of accessories, too, like period stuff from the 40s, 50s, like little salt shakers and Whoa. like yeah. marshmallow toasters and just all <sighs> kinds of neat, neat stuff. Yeah, Santa Cruz area has a lot of like hidden gems that you never hear about until like Bagel goes and hey, hey, there's a, there's a trailer <laughs> museum, you know? I mean, like, that's cool, man. Yeah, it was it was super cool. So yeah, yeah. a bunch of us went up there and Maybe it out. we should start a contest for the weirdest museum we can find in Santa Cruz. Oh, there are quite a few. It's your, your toaster <laughs> museum is probably the weirdest. Hmm. 100%. Have you been to the Bigfoot Museum? The what? Have you been to the Bigfoot Museum? Oh, the Bigfoot? No, I have not. Oh, man, it's weird. It's, <laughs> oh, yeah, it, is. I, it seems like it's like an Alex Jones conspiracy theory no. like kind of museum, no? No, no. It's... Oh, the guy totally tells stories about how he has seen Bigfoot, and yeah. his mother has seen Bigfoot. It's awesome. Does he, does he preface him with, like, I was on mushrooms once, and he then saw I saw Bigfoot, Bigfoot when he was, like, six? He was five. Yeah, he was five or six. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So, uh, also... Also, this weekend, there was some more fun to be had. Uh, Charlie and Micah headed to the track. Charlie, how many times did you crash? Zero. What? You know how many times everyone else you're, crashed the same You're day? not trying hard enough, Chuck. Zero. No one yeah, crashed. You weren't trying hard enough. I was going pretty quick. No one crashed that same day. It was awesome. That's good. The next day, people crashed. It was pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> it was a two-day thing? I, I mean, I was only there. I only rode the first day. But okay. we yeah, I did Road Rider on the first day, and Charlie did... Um, BA group. It was a car and bike day, which was really, really cool. That is cool. And then on Saturday, um, I got the amazing opportunity to ride passenger in an instructor's Miata. And then. Um, Hold on a second. Where was this? It was Sonoma Se- Track. Oh, okay. Or cool. Sears hmm. Point, as Sears will know. Yes. Um, but then I, I ran from the car. I got on the track with the instructor and did that session. And then we got off the track and I ran over to grab my gear. And then I got on the back of, in, of one of the owner's bikes which and was, was on. I would never, Wait, never do this. Was it an FZ1? It was, it FZ10. was an FZ10. Oh, basically yeah. FZ10. Yeah, 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 basically. Yeah. It was uh, Sean's bike. Sean. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I was on, off the track, on the track, on, or off. On the track, off the track, on the track within 10 minutes. It was awesome. So from a car to Um, a bike. And I specifically wanted her to go in like something like a Miata, not like someone's big Lamborghini or something. You go in the Lamborghini's car, and it's like, oh, these wheels are $10,000, and they make the car go so much faster, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) And the Miatas are like, all right, let's just go. And they're like, are you going to break yet? Are we breaking at all? And they're just like... Resting, we yeah. passed a Lambo and like this that car probably had the slowest zero to sixty there and I was like holy shit this is amazing <laughs> okay. it was so cool I got a question for you like Absolutely. when you were on the FZ10 mm-hmm. was it kind of crazy how late those people can break like when you're like oh fuck this is what they can do just, like, I wasn't paying attention as much to that Charlie yeah. was asking me all these questions yeah. about like oh how is he positioning his body and all right. that kind of stuff and I was just focusing on keeping myself attached to him um, <laughs> because yeah. I had handles um, that I was holding on to in front of him because yeah. um, he had like a belt, like a snowmobile belt uh-huh. with handles on it. So uh-huh. I was holding on to the front of him. But um, I was so attached to him that whenever he would move for like body positioning, um, when he would move his butt partially
partially off the seat, my butt would be all the way off the seat. Right. So I was completely detached and from the seat and holding on by like my thighs and on the foot. Can I just say That's that rad. there is very few things in this world uh, I, that I, I am afraid of, though this brings terror to me. I, I, oh, it I think so I think it's, it's 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 good to mention that he's not running at a C group pace. He's running at like a B or A group pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's flying around the track. Yeah, yeah. and um, so he was t- saying afterwards, he was like, "Oh yeah, I, on the right hand turns you were totally down for, and you were really like letting me get over. But for the left hand turns, you didn't want to go at all." And I was like, "Okay, well at the bottom of the carousel, when uh, mm-hmm. the carousel is big sweeping left turn, mm-hmm. and it goes into a little bit of a straightaway, and so." Uh, at that point I was constantly like falling off so I had to prep myself before and make sure that I had both feet on the foot pegs really really tight and I was holding really really tight because my butt was completely off of the seat all you're over here shaking her head oh my god Uh, like no way I did this in Laguna set I I almost died yeah no I thought I thought that I was going to fall Um, off the bike but honestly like um, he said at the very beginning yeah if you ever need to like get off the track or whatever just tap my helmet and then we'll get off I would have tapped his helmet if I had been able to look at his helmet. Surprise, motherfucker, you're safe for the ride. No, but it was awesome. I'm so glad that I didn't. It was amazing. Could you have tapped his helmet with your head? But you know, it wasn't even worth like, that. Was, it was cool. I'm, I'm saying like it's a really cool way because like you're recalibrating your sense of what how fast you can actually yeah. go, right? It's and it's kind of trippy. It, it's a good perspective for you to in the sense that you know what motorcycles are actually more capable of. <laughs> yeah. And Charlie yeah. asked me after he was like, "Do you want to go that fast now?" And I was like, "Oh fuck no, <laughs> absolutely not." Mike, I want to cover real quickly. We were talking about this earlier. You took the um, the. Rider 2.0 class earlier on when mm-hmm. you had been riding just a little bit, mm-hmm. and then you, you took it again. So was it redundant, or was it worthwhile to take the same class? No, it wasn't redundant at all. Um, actually, I was saying uh, that people were telling me at the very beginning, because I had been riding, um, I had my permit for about one to two months, but I hadn't really been riding very much at all. I'd ridden like a couple times on the weekends, but I wasn't riding very much, and uh, so I really wasn't comfortable on my bike. And then I took the class, and that gave me got me to learn all my good habits um, and learn to be comfortable on my bike and then have a bit of, bit of practice in a really safe environment so I was completely comfortable on my motorcycle and had a good starting base to go from. Um, so taking the class uh, 10 months later uh, because I've just been riding a year last weekend yeah, a year last mm-hmm. weekend um, so taking the class 10 months later was fantastic just so I could have that practice again and do wait, all wait, wait. the... Wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. Happy anniversary when you're... Yeah. There's a good number of people who just don't make it past six months. Like, yeah. <laughs> But it let me um, make sure that I was still doing all those good habits and continue developing them in a positive way because there were some things where I was a little bit off on that I thought it was doing all good but then it was just a slight adjustment and it made me so much more comfortable and ready awesome. to continue learning. I mean, I, I think cool. a part of it is that you took the class when you're so new to riding so it helped you build those habits mm-hmm. and then coming after you didn't take it immediately again but you took it a significant amount of time later to where you were more comfortable on the bike and weren't learning the bike anymore. And it made me yeah. realize that I'm not an awful rider. I kind of had this idea in my head that I was a really, really bad, really new rider. Um, and then taking the class, like everyone there had I hope been I riding. didn't have anything to do with that. No, no, no. It's just that I'm constantly <laughs> surrounded by all of these really, you really suck. amazing people. Um, you know, you know, what it is, it's so. like it's riding is really a lot of mental stuff. Like, mm-hmm. and, and knowing that you weren't like a terrible rider, that's a big part of your psyche and yeah, your well, confidence, absolutely. you know? Like, well, like, 
riding on the track, I think it's more just mental focus than anything else. Sure. Yeah. I, I'll tell you why I won't take that class. I don't want to be told I'm doing all these things wrong. <laughs> I've been riding for 39 years. You're Leave like, me alone. You're like ignorance is bliss. <laughs> That's her, her MO. Grip and look. Antonio tried to teach me dirt technique. I'm like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just not a good student. Yeah, you, don't, you don't have these knees, motherfucker. <laughs> I know, I know. So how do I ride a bike without knees? Teach me those techniques. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I'm definitely going to have to do a C group now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you guys are like getting into it together, too. Like This yeah. is a cool mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I've been to tra- almost all of Charlie's track days, so I know how all of them work. I just haven't actually like done the getting on the track part. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. That's that's freaking great. Awesome. And I wanted to give a shout out to um, there's a local guy named Marty the Mechanic. Hey, what's up, Marty? Uh, no, he's dead. Oh uh, well. What? <laughs> Six uh, feet late. is up, man. Marty the Mechanic was a local Santa Cruz surfer dude. Uh, he was 69 years old. He had a mobile mechanic service. He had been surfing a long time. And he's one of those guys who'd go out without a wetsuit and jump into the water and surf. Uh, Santa Cruz, a local character. Um, he he died doing what he loved doing. Uh, what happened? Surfing? Yes. Oh. Um, local, local guy in the community. Just um, recently? Yes. Oh, man. Did he, what, did he crash into something? Did he, what happened? Did he drown? Yeah. Oh, oh bummer. Man. Yeah, but what a way to go. I mean, much like, you know, I think, you know, if, if one of us goes riding a bike, it's like, you know, not glad you're dead, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Glad you died doing what you love and well, saying to mean, him. So Marty the Mechanic, and he rode a scooter around town, so he was a local fixture. I mean, that was always the thing for me, too. Like, if I died riding a motorcycle, I hope it's quick and painless, you know? I hope I get folded under, like, a semi, and it was just like, that's it. Literally no time to feel pain. Right. Yeah, right. not when you said so, so The idealistic way to do go. Hmm? <laughs> don't survive six months on a, their bike yep. like starting out I just shook my head like how the hell do you not like yeah. I'm so, <laughs> what you'd be quite surprised oh, uh, but like, like for me it was the first six months I was just a stupid asshole on it and like I had to take a look well, well anyways then, whatever and yeah. then something <laughs> something happens and you're like oh fuck and then, yeah. you know. I can tell you how because a lot of people have that inner voice in them yeah and it tells them this is too dangerous you shouldn't be doing this right. and they listen to that and maybe they have other people in their lives yeah, you take like, that voice and you squish uh, it. A spouse or a parent <laughs> yeah. who tells them, like, I don't want you to die. You shouldn't do this. Yeah. And they listen to that voice. That's mm-hmm. legit. But I can tell you totally. that the women here in this room did not listen to that voice. Or they just don't that was have a, that voice. That was a brilliant segue. <laughs> <laughs> they have, that's a brilliant segue. So, Thank you. So, Olya, Michelle, and Cassie, who are here with us, these are some of my fellow Chickastaners. Um, We got back two weeks ago, and uh, it's taken that long just to, like, adjust. Yes. How much are you guys missing it? A lot. Yeah. I'll quit my job and just go travel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've thought about that, yeah. So, and I want to say that um, we weren't the only ones there. We had a group of 12, um, and one of them has a message I'd like to say hi to you all. Hi, Recycle Garage. It's Tiffany. 
I wish I could be there with the other Chikistan ladies. Unfortunately, I'm working today like a lamoid. Um, <laughs> but we had a really great time and formed some great lady relationships. And Pakistan is absolutely gorgeous and beautiful, and the people are so nice. And what I'm saying to all of my friends who ask me about Pakistan right now is that if you ever get the chance to go there, you should take it. And um, I'm sure everyone else has much better things to say than that. So I'll let you guys take from here. Love ya. Bye. So that's our friend Tiffany. Yay. I heard her on the radio today. That's awesome. Yeah. Tiffany uh, Cam cool. <laughs> Tiffany yes. Cam High, who yeah. I met at the Dirtbag Challenge last year, and basically yeah. when uh, she was asked how you came to be on this trip, she said, I was drafted by Liza. <laughs> 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 I don't think I had a choice, yeah. she said. Um, so we had Olya, who is was in the group as one of the newer writers. You've been writing two years, correct? Two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. Two and a half. But Excuse but me? You're, two and a half? <laughs> Excuse me? Yes. <laughs> but your current bike is? Uh, S1000R. BMW. Okay. That's a sweet bike, by the way. So she she nice can bike. ride. And then we have Michelle. Michelle, how long have you been riding? Uh, six years now. Nice. And what's, in your, what's in your garage? Um, well, my right now, just my 2011 Suzuki V-Strom 650. Mm-hmm. And then my nice. DRZ 400 is nice. in, hopefully in Ron's garage. <laughs> Right now, <laughs> it needs a new tube. Is it a, it. Is it a nice. supermoto or dirt? Uh, it's a dual sport. Yeah. So it's plated. It's 2007. Nice. Yeah. Cool. It was my first bike. And then Cassie, how long have you been riding? I started really riding at 37, and but then I really didn't ride for. Okay, we don't four know years. how old you well, I'm 47, so okay. 10 years, but not really because I really didn't ride in the last four years. Um, and then I got excessive props before that for riding even though I didn't ride all that much but I was fearless so everybody why didn't, you don't look 47 I'm not hitting on you I'm just saying Thank you, you don't look 47 and, and two adult male children <laughs> wow. and, 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 and what do you have in your garage uh, an old Kawasaki Super Sherpa 250 dual sport yes but <laughs> That's after, awesome. after riding in Pakistan it's just too heavy yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my S1000R felt really awkward when I came back. I was yeah. like, Liza was saying that so too. Her, heavy. Yeah, her verses seemed like a like a go a pig compared to uh, you know, oh, when right. I when More I like a class. hippopotamus. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> when I came back, you home, go from mountain goat to hippo. <laughs> <laughs> Hippos are just unicorns that have let themselves go. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we say, right? <laughs> but man, when I came back, I mean, I my Vespa felt big. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. Seriously. Like, and why are my feet so so like tucked in right <laughs> under me? Like, it, it's not. Yeah. So I have another surprise for y'all. Oh. I have another Chickastaner on the phone with me. Caller, are you here? You do. I am here. Wow. Danny! Hey. hey, Dion. We have Dion with us. Danny uh, Khan. Up in Seattle. Dion, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Liza. How are you? Uh, good. And are you out? <laughs> are you on a ride right now? I am on a ride right now. I'm about to go into the forest, but I'm waiting, uh, you know, just at the edge of losing the. Um, the city. Nice. And what bike do you ride? Right now, I'm today. I'm riding my WR250. Oh, perfect. That's a cool bike too. So, and you also have a BMW, right? I do. I have so, a GS. 
So I've got Cassie, Michelle, and Olya here with me, and oh, we were just talking mm-hmm. about how our bikes felt so big and heavy when we got back. <laughs> how, how did your BMW feel? It felt really awkward. <laughs> it felt like I had a, an 1800cc when I got back. <laughs> yeah, so for those who don't know, we were riding Pakistani-made Honda CB150Fs. It's a brand new model, the 150. Um, so new it's a lightweight technology. bike. Honda. New technology. It had cutting-edge technology, including... A electric start, electri- push button electric start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Yes, kind so, um, luxury. So, Dion, what was one of the highlights for you on the trip? Oh, it's hard to choose. Um, one of the highlights still for me, I think, was the moment we walked into that um, huge um, theater room at the Atlas Honda facility, right, and. Um, and, and all the women were sitting there. Yeah, so just to set it up, so um, I talked on a previous podcast of how we did a tour of the Honda factory where they're making 70,000 units a month. It's crazy. And then they took us into a theater where they had 25 women uh, sitting there. Uh, can you describe the women, Dion? They were a little bit, it seemed like, from all walks of life because a lot of them were students that were brought in by their teacher. And then there were some... And they were all wearing white, more very light clothes. And then the women who were a little bit older than that were wearing very colorful um, clothing and had a huge smiles on their face, all of them. Um, and were incredibly welcoming and excited to meet us, at least as excited as we were. Um, and it was pretty immediate, like it felt like there was a really a lot of energy in the room. Um, you know, you put a bunch of women together mm-hmm. and <laughs> and um, <laughs> there was one in particular, I remember, who was quite um, outspoken yeah. and direct and uh, others who kind of uh, warmed up to it after a while. Yeah. And became less shy. But um, that's one of the perceptions that we wanted to kill. There are women starting to ride in Pakistan. Not many. I mean, did you guys see anybody outside of Pakistan, out of outside of that uh, Lahore riding? No. no, no, not driving. So, no, I, uh, I didn't think so. Right. So it is a brand new movement that's happening. But that's why it was so amazing to see like 25 women sitting there who ride. And some of them said they've been riding for like three years. And some of them were feisty. I yeah. liked it. So it yeah. was um, yeah. it was a really cool thing to see. And that was one of my highlights, too. So, um, Dion, when are you going to get down here to come uh, hang out with us? I think in December I'm planning yes. to write down. Yay! Awesome. <laughs> That's Good. my plan. I'm uh, trying to get uh, Sunny to fly to Seattle and ride with me. Cool. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> and because um, you are a big ADV writer, so I'd love to get you down here on a podcast and we'll talk about a lot of the ADV writing you do. Excellent. Cool. I, I, I'd love that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate it. Uh, enjoy your, your, your camping, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. That is awesome. I will do a bonfire like in uh, Pakistan tonight, but I want oh. everything dancing. <laughs> you got to dance your ass off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, lovely hearing your laughters and voices in the background and awesome. in the foreground. 
Awesome. We're with you in spirit. <laughs> nice. What did you say? She said we're, we're, they're with you in spirit. Oh, yes. I'm definitely awesome. there in spirit. All right. Too. Thanks for calling in, Dion. I will talk to you soon. Everyone say bye to Dion. Bye. 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 Nice All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks. All right. That was so, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of the trick of standards. So that was something that um you know, you're bringing a group of 12 women together. I think that was that was a stated concern for some of the women coming on the trip and some of the Pakistani men that were working with us. What was it going to be like to be with 12 women? Was that a concern for any of y'all? Well, I I mean, I've been in Toikestra now for the last 15 years. It's an all-women's band. And I love traveling with those ladies. So, honestly, I was looking forward to traveling with uh, can 11 we, Can we just explain Toikestra? It's an all-women's band, and they play... Yeah, it's an all-women ensemble. We play toy instruments. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's cool. Oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've Do been Do you have on... a melodica player in your... On your oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. We have awesome. a few. You wanted to join? <laughs> yes. And, and we trade instruments as well. That's awesome. Aww. Cool. But yeah, um, I've been in this band for 15 years, and I was looking forward to traveling with 11 women. I was like, I'm going to make new friends. This is going to be great. I love collaborating with women. I love traveling with women. It's very easy. Yeah. So I, yeah. So quick, all of that. quick description. Um, so some of the people I had met previously, I mentioned um, Elsbeth Beard was on the trip, and she was on our podcast. And same with Danielle Lynn, uh, who was on my the podcast uh, two years ago when or a year and a half ago when we were at the AMA Vintage Days. I interviewed her there. Um, and then Olya and Cassie I had met uh, along with Tiffany when we went and did some a dirt bike camp to get everyone up to speed going through <laughs> puddles and such. I hope That's awesome. that was that not good preparation for the water crossings we encountered? Yes. <laughs> that was that was great for sure. Um, sheet iron too. How many uh, water crossings did you guys do in Pakistan? A lot. A really? Lot. Was this every day? A lot. Were they yeah. like super deep and stuff or what? Yeah. Sometimes. We got some some were, but I, some are even on video. Yeah. Nice. Some the sheet of water went up over your head. No shit. Yeah, Yeah, you just don't know. And you don't know if you're going to hit a rock or whatever you don't Yeah, you're just kind of like gassing it and praying that you're getting across. So also on the trip we had Dion, who, even though she lives in Seattle, is uh, Swiss. And we had Ruth, also from Seattle, who um, both Ruth and Dion are ADV riders. And I found them through that vein of, of ADV riders. I thought it'd be nice to have some women with some experience doing adventure riding Mm -hmm. um we also had sheila uh who's canadian but also lives in in seattle and she had been uh had visited the garage before so i had met her in person when she was riding her crf 250 from seattle down to baja nice shit i'm like okay that's badass you can come was i was (laughs) there for that Uh, she just showed up one day she's a listener and she showed up one day to uh work on her bike right cool and yeah she's kind of shy so i didn't really get to know her Mm -hmm. but i'm like okay it's cool you're riding that little bike (laughs) all over (laughs) tarnation you can come um um, <laughs> you passed. Also you passed on the, the trip, totally. we had Stephanie Yu, who yeah. is a scooterist that Bagel brought in when she had been riding her her Vespa scooter around for three years and had gone up to she, she went up, well it was after that that she went up to Arctic Circle and yep. crashed and broke her collarbone. Oh, uh, yep. yeah, that's the one who, uh, mm-hmm. who drew two hundred and fifty superhero. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Illustrated. Yeah, yeah. So she's somebody who has has motorcycles, but is 
the extensive scooter rider. Mm-hmm. Um, but she did great, and she had no dirt preparation yeah. because so, she had broken her collarbone, and this was the first ride she was doing was the pec stand trip. So she adapted pretty well to the well, I mean, yeah. The scoot, I mean, be, like, there was there was a day yeah. that she was white knuckling it when we went up to Boreth Lake. Yes, oh, yes. which was a um, we leave the highway and we go up this switchback. It's not a single track; it's a double track. Yeah. You know, it's like a footpath. No, you can get a jeep up there, but it's all rocks. But it's and dirt. it's rocks, dirt, no, um, and no sand and sand. Yeah. And so some people is like, what? And these switchbacks <laughs> for the record. Yeah, these switchbacks like there's no guardrails or anything. <laughs> it's basically a goat path, and you take your bikes up there. And we get up to the top, and someone said, she's like really scared right now. She's white knuckling. And I realized she hadn't had any preparation. So uh-huh. as everyone went to go get some tea and, and watch the lake, I said, come on, let's go. And I gave her a quick tutorial. And she, you know, she's like, no, I'm good. I'll just, just stay here. I'm like, nope. Get on the bike. <laughs> <laughs> and for context, before she white knuckled it up the hill, I went off the road to hit that and road. Oh yeah, had crashed for the third time. For the third time in sand. In what? How many days? Two, three days, right? No, it was more than that. It was more than three. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, just maybe, maybe four. Okay. <laughs> um, no, so I gave her some instructions and had her go down the path, and she was going really slow. And then mm-hmm. I said, "All right, we're going to go back up," but this time I want you to stay like no more than 10 feet off of my tire and just do exactly what I do because she was going she was too far away so she couldn't watch my body position to see so once she do that you don't have any knees I know so um, so once she got stayed up close to me she was able to kind of watch my body position and I over exaggerated and got her back up and she felt so much more confident just that one little run and it's it's sometimes it's just learning the new mechanics of how to balance the bike differently than you do on the street. Yeah. Um, Did you guys adapt pretty easily to that? I mean, I mean, I imagine you guys all had dirt experience and whatnot. And yeah. He, I mean, we had everything thrown at us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like and if, if by that, dirt experience, right you mean two days of riding and yeah. dirt? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. The two days of riding. That's kind of um, cool. And then we like... had Anita from, uh, she's working in Germany, but she's the heart surgeon from Holland and we'll tell a story about yes. her. One of my favorites. And am I missing anybody else? I think that's oh, it. Elspeth. I said Elspeth. Oh, started. Ruth. Ruth. I've mentioned Ruth. Okay. Danelle. Mentioned Danelle. I think I got everyone. I think that's everybody. Cool. So we had amassed a group of different types of riders, different ages. Uh, the youngest, uh, Tiffany, was 29. And I was proud to say that of the 12 of us, five of us were over 50. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> hey, pretty cool. awesome. Yeah. Yes. Ah! 50! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and I can kick! Uh, yeah. I can stretch! <laughs> I'm 50! Oh, man. All right. So, um... Can't kick as high as those guys at the flag ceremony. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, I heard about oh, that. Oh, my gosh. So, let's, um... All right. So, we're riding these 150cc bikes. They looked like a sporty street bike. So, this is a more modern bike for them. Um, do you guys remember why uh, this is a brand new bike for Honda, but they said they didn't expect it to be as successful there as their other models? You want to share why? 
Yes, because they couldn't fit a child on the gas tank. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so uh, most of the bikes people are riding with more than one, like usually like two children, uh, sometimes a sleeping baby on a pillow uh, on the gas tank. And this bike has some of the plastic uh, bits that it's... uh, that attached to the side of the tank to give it a sporty look. Mm-hmm. So you really can't put your feet between the bars and the tank. They would get smashed. So yeah, isn't that funny? That's one of their concerns. Well, we know this won't be successful because you can't put children on the tank. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I think I think they'll find a way, though. So oh, yeah. I, I wanted to go back and say, um, how did you guys come to make the decision? Because there, as I said, there are a lot of people who... Their intuition told them this is too dangerous. And there were people who were signed up to come who backed out of it because they just had too many concerns. Yeah, this is a so cool question. are you guys just you. like you didn't think it through or you really thought it through and went ahead anyway? I didn't think it through. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't either, honestly. Yeah. It, was a, it was a gut instinct. Yeah. It was awesome. You must go. Yeah. You the opportunity presented itself, and it sounded fun, more fun than my normal life. Yeah. So, <laughs> Cassie, I like your story. So you said you hadn't ridden for four years. Why is that? Yeah, I kind of got out of the whole um, motorcycle group, and... Uh, I had a friend die a year ago, so I definitely got developed a fear. Before that, I just sort of um, stopped riding. I broke up with someone that I rode with, and I got kind of got out of the motorcycle crowd. But then, once my one of my good friends died, Jim Lucas, um, I d- developed a fear, you mm-hmm. know, because he was like yeah. a stuntman, and it's like he was mm-hmm. like one of those people that got run over by a big rig and survived, and with his cast was back on a bike. Wow. Like nothing could do, you know. He was always breaking his legs, and that was no big deal to him. But <laughs> once he, you know, a little old lady in the minivan, when she, once she uh, killed him mm-hmm. I really was like just start really afraid and I always told myself he would not want me to be in you know live in fear right. I knew that and I thought if I throw myself into this trip it's do or die I gotta do it it's two weeks of riding and you know I'm gonna be forced into this <laughs> I, can you guys believe that this is her how I'm gonna get back into riding that's pretty awesome that's the way to do a trip it. that so many people backed out of doing or never signed up for because it's too dangerous how did you right. hear about the ride though on Facebook from what's the group dames don't care yeah motorcycle collab yeah, yeah, yeah even though yeah, I don't totally. I don't ride with the dames because I've been I, I mean I want to but I, just I do the loop. Yeah, yeah Michelle does <laughs> um, but Liza had posted it and I watched the video videos too um, and Bagel was in a video, I believe, from. Was, oh. yes. Were you in that video, right? From uh, Pakistan? Pakistan, yeah. yeah. We did the yeah. stand up. And then yeah. you shed a tear and everything, and I was yep. like, so moved. Oh, <laughs> oh Bagel. Um, That's awesome. Yes. And yeah. uh, it was like, I, that convinced me right there right. that it was going to be just fine. Oh, oh, can I tell my story? Because I'm the accident on the trip. <laughs> sure. <laughs> the, the sure. One and only? Everybody else got either recruited by Liza or saw a post by Liza. And the way I came to be on the trip was, I think, more was looking for someone to join the trip right after us that the right. one that they're on now mm-hmm. and he posted in the uh, Bay Area Writers Forum Facebook yeah. group where he told me he n- recently doesn't post anymore because people just don't want to go to Pakistan and ride right. motorcycles people there. People are dicks about that on that forum. Yeah, they, they are. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. he, he, he just kind of was like well I, you know whatever I'll just post anyway and um, at that time I was looking for an adventure and a ride and I wanted to do an adventure ride and he uh, uh, said who wants to go ride on the Himalayan mountains rather than so. Pakistan and I was like me exclamation point I didn't cl- click on the link I didn't do anything <laughs> and, uh, and then he private messaged me and uh, he was like some women are coming to ride to Pakistan with me and I was who is this creep and there was 
a lot of words. And I was just like, you hear that, Moin? You sound creepy, man. Tone it down. Oh, I, told, I, I, I told him. He was very offended. And then I was like, delete, delete, delete messages. And then I went around my day and I didn't think about it twice. And then I come back to Facebook and one of my friends who I've met two years ago when I just started to ride, who does a lot of adventure riding, responded to my uh, public comment, me exclamation point. He said, oh, I'm so happy you're going to go with Moin. Moin's great. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, crap. I got to go recover the messages and read them. Yeah. So I did that. Was it Rebecca? That, no, that it was uh, John McAllister. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and it, that him and a couple of other guys uh, really, like, put me, you know, made me uh, the, the writer that I am today. Yeah. Um, so, I trust, you know, I trust his judgment. So I went back and reread his messages, and he was like, women writing, Pakistan, beautiful mountains, women women empowerment, talk to lies. I was like, sold. Nice. Cool. <laughs> That's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. And so what about you? Oh. Um, well, I, I ride with the Dames Don't Care Motorcycle Collective whenever yeah. I possibly can. I love those ladies. You guys do the uh, Sadie Hawkins, huh? Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Cool. That's fun. I missed it this year because we were in Pakistan during the Sadie Hawkins ride. Yeah. Um, but I saw Liza's post on their Facebook page, and I... Uh, you know, got in touch with Cassie, or she got in touch with me. I forget who got in touch with whom. Yeah, I was all Michelle's in. I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> and nice. I just need to know and one person that I can yeah. count on that will watch each other, just in case we didn't know what we're dealing with at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this sounds very intriguing. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do awesome. it. Even though I've had I had friends and family try to talk. We were me out we were ready it. for like the Pakistani right. prison, you know, pre-trip. <laughs> so we <laughs> did we did visit we did visit the Pakistani prison. Yeah, we did. That? So wow. this was the common thread amongst everyone who did. Yeah. Um, people who kind of just was all in and either they I mean there are some people who like Elsbeth they have different perception in, in the media over there and Anita uh, they, they're adventurers they're she's Elsbeth's been around the world and Anita's been in many countries um, and Danielle too they already were kind of educated of what to expect but everybody else um, it was kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm up for an adventure. And it's that spirit that was a common thread between us. And I think that's what made us all really enjoy one another, even though we came from all different walks of life and are different ages and such. We all kind of had that common, like, that yes. fun yeah. thing. I think, I think the word you're looking for is badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, was it like the skewed media per, uh, perception of, of, like, what Pakistan is, is what the people around you were kind of like just going off of is that what it was yeah, extremely yes. skewed yeah, yeah like so opposite of reality yeah. i i went to have lunch with my parents right after i connected with moin after i learned he's not a creep and I was, uh, <laughs> v- very very i was very excited i was like this is amazing they're like at that time i think there was like seven or eight women signed up to go yeah and i was super stoked and i went to see my parents and i said you know and i was very excited and very animated and i said you know there's this trip coming together and and we're gonna go to Pakistan. And as soon as as soon as I said Pakistan, uh, they started to talk over me and did not ask me <laughs> any questions. And it was just like, oh man, it was just bad. And it shut down the whole conversation. No and then shit. I was trying to figure out because I was still gonna go, but I was like, do I tell them now? Do I tell them right before I go? Do I tell them after I come back? <laughs> like, what do I do? The first time I went, my parents got insurance to bring my body back. And this time they're <laughs> like, well, we're not getting the insurance this time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dusty okay. is very pragmatic. <laughs> Your mom 
mom is very pragmatic. Hey, Knock. Yes. Guess what time it is. What time is it? It's time for the Craigslist Porn Pick, pick of, of the Week. Is that it? We're going to just like... No, get, no. This is our middle segment here. Oh, okay. So cool. here's the deal. So we're riding 150s over there, and a lot of people say 150. Like here in the States, 150 is... Peanuts. It's such a small bike. Yeah. It seems hardly appropriate. And we ended up doing how many miles? Was it like 1,200, like, 1,300? Yeah, like no, 1,300 kilometers we did. Wow. It was more than that. It was 2,000 kilometers. kilometers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Real thought it was like 1,300 miles. 1,250 miles, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. On 150 cc's, which is a step up from the 125s I did, or from the vintage scooter that Bagel did it on. So just yeah. quickly, like the, the one, 150s were a Quite a bit of an advantage, bit of an advantage in the high elevations, or oh no, nope. they're still kind of dogs up there. Huh? Here's the thing: yeah, they were herky jerky. Yeah. They're quite lacking on the dirt roads, of which there was many, but they're light and nimble. Yeah, yeah. So they're easy to recover, and they have no pickup or, or power for the uphills. I mean, you're mm-hmm. just creeping along between first and second gear at the wow. high elevations. And they're carbureted, right? And they're carbureted. Yeah, yeah. but. Anything bigger than that, we all realized we would kill, have killed ourselves on. Unless it had good brakes. Yeah. Well, hmm. even so, the roads <laughs> the roads are slippery. There's water crossings. There's animals. I mean, uh, there's gravel. Danelle hit spots. a goat. Wow. Uh, the vegetarian. There were goats. Olya hit a van. Oh, nice. Right? It was in my way. <laughs> Um, Olya fell the most times. She crashed four <laughs> times. I take but she looks I great. It was five. I had two. Uh, Michelle, how many did you have? I had three. But, she, but only one was a crash. Two were just drops. Yeah. 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 Well, if you counted we, we don't that count way. The drops, yeah. So. Here's she was the thing, sick though. Too. So, we, do you guys agree, though? Those 150ccs ended up being perfect bikes for all the different terrains we're going on. Yes. Well, yeah. Here's my argument. I think maybe there might be a better bike. So, Bagel and I have each found bikes for sale. Is this a dual? on Craigslist? Oh. Is this, a dual? this is a dueling Craigslist porn pick. It is. So, I'm going to read you son. my ad, Wait. and then Bagel will Wait. read his ad, and you guys get to vote who found the best bike for Pakistan. Are we gonna? Take them apart and put them in a suitcase and go and ride well, in Pakistan. No. <laughs> no, but do take if into have account. The right attitude, yes. Do take into account what the bike is and what the price is. I don't know what price he found. So but the bargain also is a good. It gets you points too. So cool. I'll read what I found because I think this is the perfect Pakistani bike, we'll and I didn't even know it existed. What I found is a Suzuki DR125 <laughs> Dual Sport. Shit, yeah. Yes. All right. Okay. Yeah. What's the story with that? Uh, dual sport motorcycle registered and road illegal, and it's here in Santa Cruz, 125cc, uh, for the whopping price of 1450 Is it mm. gently used by one rider like the one I rode in Pakistan? It looks like, um, like my DR350, so it looks like a 90s bike, but hmm. I think that DR125 would be amazing there. Again, um, it would be great to have a bigger engine, but there's so many roads that are tight twisties. Um, I, what got us out of a lot of stuff is the lightweight bike. Yeah. yeah. And what prevented the crash from being really bad was the lightweight bike, because every time we picked the bikes up and kept riding. But is there anything about that bike in particular that makes it good to ride in Pakistan? Well, I think the DR is going to have a better suspension. Hmm. It's got that 21-inch front It's got the 21-inch front wheel, so yeah. it's going to be good on dirt, potholes, stuff like that. Good point. Um, 
Running and over yak nobbies. <laughs> yeah, and it's, I think this looks yak capable. As Charlie said, the baby heads. Oh yeah, the baby Deal head road. Deal Deal side. Side. Yeah, National yes. Park was all baby heads. No so shit. again, so oh, I yeah. found a DR125 for fourteen fifty bagel. What did you find? I found. A 2003 Yamaha TTR 125. Okay. Recently serviced, runs great, still on original chain and sprocket and front tire. About 30 hours total, 15 hours on a 150cc kit. Wow. Bike has the BBR big wheel kit, skid plate, exhaust, chain guide, Another skid plate, apparently. <laughs> and the 150 kit that he already mentioned. Uh, it runs great, also, uh, like he said before. Uh, green sticker, pink in hand, and the price is firm, $12.99. But I'd like to point out, not plated. Yeah. I'll just, can I just buy not that? That's a dirt plate. plates for Pakistan? Yes, you do. What? Even though one time our, one of our plates fell off and Moyne just made a new one with cardboard and yeah. that was well, good enough to pass your checkpoints. Well, my plate <laughs> fell off and, and I just rode without it. I agree. <laughs> All <laughs> laws are broken in Pakistan. <laughs> I <laughs> I like the, yeah. uh, personally, Wait, I like Cassie, the Yamaha right. What was our motto? Uh, safety 17th in Pakistan. Yeah, here, here it's safety third, you know, if you ride a motorcycle. Yeah. But Pakistan, sa- safety, safety 17th. Excellent. Uh, so what do you guys think? A plated DR125. They're both uh, kickers, right? Uh, yeah. Probably, yeah. Yeah. The no. Yamaha definitely is. Yeah. I just, uh, I just want this for, for Hollister. $14.50. Yeah. Hey, or his right Yamaha. Uh, I'm thinking I like the Yamaha mostly because they're just I think they're better engineered than the DRs, but that's just my opinion. Uh, the whole non-plated thing kind of sucks around here, but like if you are in Pakistan, that's negotiable. I right? think you have to have it be road legal. Okay, what's, uh, what's Moyan um, can make it happen. Yeah, yeah Moyan right. can have it. Yeah, let's so make a phone call. How much is the DR? All right, fourteen fifty plated. And the T- TR is TTR one? is twelve ninety nine. I go for the twelve ninety nine, son. Damn. That's what's that's my <laughs> thing. That, that's a hundred and fifty dollar difference, though. One hundred and fifty five, right? Well, that's like a hundred. That's what you pay. So that's what you pay the plated. police guy to plate it in Pakistan. Exactly. Right. 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 And, yeah. and you also a lot get of Marlboro cigarettes. And you also get a twenty five cc upgrade with. So, so are we leaving the spike in Pakistan? Probably. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Which which one weighs less? (laughs) All right. Yeah, that's a great question. I'm going to call it a tie. (laughs) You can't do that. I didn't even vote. I didn't even vote. What do you think? Michelle and Cassie haven't voted. Yeah, what What do you you think, ladies? It depends on weight for me, but I've had the DR200, the 400, and the 650. I've owned all three of Suzuki's. Okay. So I might lean towards the Suzuki. But it all depends on the weight. I go for the less weight one. Yeah. Uh, I'd say okay. the GTR in that case, all I right, imagine. Fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm with the Cassie. All right, fine. On that. Well, y'all ride your TTR 125s, and I will ride the Suzuki. Yep. So um, let's get back to the the trip. So let's talk about a little bit about perception. Can you guys quickly rattle off some of the things that people thought about Pakistan that you soon learned or already knew was untrue. Let's, let's just dispel the myths. Yeah, that uh, I mean, I was told it was incredibly dangerous by my chiropractor in Berkeley. Okay, um, <laughs> and trustworthy, trustworthy source. Yeah. Well, at first he told me it's incredibly dangerous. You shouldn't go. And then a month later, when I came back for my next adjustment, he's like, "I have a friend. He lives in Lahore. He says it's perfectly fine." Yeah. All right. So and I was like, "Okay, I'm glad you at least asked a local before right? spreading did, your dangerous." Did you ever feel safer? And anywhere 
honestly, I felt very, yeah, I felt very safe. Okay. So I mean, that, safer that's, than in my own neighborhood in Oakland. All right. So that's a myth. With you. I had people say, oh, it's all desert, right? It No, it wasn't nope. all desert. Nope. I mean, it was, it was, there was a lot of dry, dusty <laughs> De- mountain. It's De- mountains and rivers and valleys. Yeah. But also beautiful. I mean, it was incredible how the, the dusty, I would say majestic mountains would all of a sudden stop. There would be a hard line, and then a, a force starts. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So right. The way I describe it is, if you take uh, Yosemite and back it up to Yellowstone, and back it up to the Blue Ridge Parkway, mm-hmm. and back it up to I don't know. Well, so these are like legit. Zion. I mean, it's just one yeah. after the other of amazing writing. Yes. So these were like actual legit pine trees that were there. Yes. Actually? Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah, lots That's of trees. Coniferous. Yeah. Wow. The way cool. the way I've been describing the the valleys and the mountains is like you you're constantly on the ledge of something. Yeah. I mean, yep. the kinds of roads and the you know I was just kind of joking with myself in my head when we were on some of those roads that Moen has a video of us squealing like little girls on when he was taking us up on a van to Eagles Point um, uh, and you know I don't scare easily and I was squealing just like everybody else uh, but you're constantly on the ledge of something even if you have a fear of heights you don't anymore after a while because you're constantly on the ledge of something and you get this it's just all layered all everything is layered all yeah. the houses are layered all the trees like, are I've layered I've never seen cool. rivers as wide as that me neither yeah. or as powerful yeah, yeah. the, the Indus mean, River to see in person was just just incredible. And, it was mesmerizing. And glaciers. Yeah, and yeah. like the crystal blue water too. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, all right. Another myth. Did you have to cover your hair while you were there? No. no. Did you have to wear a burqa? No. <laughs> I chose to cover my hair because you see what I'm dealing with. <laughs> with my little. Um, She's got amazing I, 80s I, hair. I only <laughs> covered my hair when I was hangry and I didn't want to deal with the selfie requests. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. So, did you guys feel <laughs> that anywhere that people were expecting you to respect their customs and, and to um, act as if you were, you know, there? No, did it seem disrespectful at all that you were not abiding by their customs, their traditional garb or anything like that? No, no, no. The, I think, only, I think the only thing we got a hard time for is blowing our blowing our noses at, at, at the, the dinner, dinner table, table <laughs> which right. we were informed is actually very rude. Uh, right, and, and I, it's like good point. That after, is a very after valid I did point. It many Thank times. you. Because <laughs> there was a lot of colds going around, and a lot of people. And a lot of we dust. do that. The Americans do that. Yeah, well, um, a lot of dust every of day course, too. Of course, and so the men wouldn't right. say. Anything Anything, but somebody said something to us kind of on the on the slide. Well, they like, were curious oh, if we knew point. it was rude. I was like, it is? No, I didn't. <laughs> yes, thank you for telling me. I actually you. grew up where that was rude, which is strange. Cool. I didn't know that wasn't. Um, how about um, another myth was uh, getting there. How did the men treat you? Could you look them in the eye? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah they were warm, friendly, yeah. and uh, put their arms around me. Things that I was totally, I thought men and women are separated there. <laughs> so this is where, uh, on the documentary, we cut to the scene of me and Cassie and uh, Dan, uh, Dion doing a dance party outside of a van with a bunch of men yes. up <laughs> at the, the, parking, the China border, the parking lot to Kundra Pass to the chi- border of China. Nice. There were some guys just playing dance music in a van, and I'm like, "Come on, you guys, let's go over there." We just walked up to them, and then I started. Busting moves, and they're like, "Yeah!" (laughs) Though, one thing I learned, and I think Cassie learned this lesson too: dancing your ass off 
at 16,500 yeah. foot peaks. Yeah, it was my near-death experience. <laughs> no, for real. What happened to you? I almost died. <laughs> and, I, and no one's going to believe you because I'm like, I'm dying. And I started to try to take all my clothes off. And this local guy's like, no, no, don't do that. Because I was so overheated. And I couldn't breathe. Oh, no. 20 minutes, I sat on a rock. I was literally Did you drunk. like lay down on the ground? I laid on the ground because I was literally dying. Oh, my like, God. Like a motorcycle crash would have been better. Wow. <laughs> then you don't dance at that high elevation. Yeah. Just walk. Walking, walking yeah. is a challenge. That was the most dangerous thing Because I was like, oh, I'm not going to let them out dance me. Dance, high elevation <laughs> dance party. They were challenging me, Beaches. but I didn't realize that they knew exactly what they were doing. So this is a dance off. <laughs> oh, right back in yeah. To be, be fair, I think I think Kundrup is 15,200, but something somewhere around there. 400. Yeah. 15, four. 15, four. Oh, you. my God. Thank you. The locals but say it's 16, so. too, but you know. Right, right. I, we use it it I, trust, <laughs> I trust Wikipedia information. Yeah. So, and we went through some uh we went through Kashmir, which is labeled as the most dangerous border in the world right now for people who don't know quick history uh Certain pakistan parts. split off from india it was part of india up uh until the mid 40s and it split off because the british were still ruling india and they were checking out after the war yeah. and they're like you know what um y'all always wanted to have your own thing so why don't you hindus go over there and you muslims go over there and goodbye and left and so there wasn't an actual defined border, not all of it. Some of it was worked out. They sent a guy for like 30 days to get with them and come up with a border. And he finished a couple days early and left. And so there's some border lines that are blurry, let's just say. There's no defined line. And they have been fighting in a war over it. And they it's current. It's a current war. And it's a dangerous place to go. I mean, every now and then they'll like storm across the border and kill hundreds of people. Oh, shit. Um, and we did go through an area. Uh, like there was a man from Singapore who was traveling alongside us. We kept seeing him every day at different stops, but he was not allowed to go further than we were because we had Moin who could get us through any checkpoint. That's awesome. The Moin magic, and yes. we went into this area. Remember those beautiful farms? And, oh yeah, and, after Diosai. Yeah, after Diosai, and and. We had to turn all of our cameras off and face them down. We had to get all together in a group. We had to be quick and cordial because um, this place had had a war in that location in the late 90s, I want to say. Hmm. Um, and they're still very sensitive about strangers coming in there. and They're still pretty guarded. Um, That's the village where I got handed an infant. Wow. What? <laughs> yeah, they were like, they came out. You know, Dion was stopping at every single oh, yes, point yes, to talk yes. to everybody on the side of the road. And I w fell behind taking pictures. So I caught up to Dion talking to all these men. And unlike everywhere else, only the men came out and all the boys came out to talk to her. And all the women stayed back. It was the only place where this happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was interacting with them. And I came along and they just like handed me an infant and were like, let's take a photo. <laughs> oh, I thought they like get handed to you, like take my child away from this zone. Oh, no, no. <laughs> they were just like, okay, That's cool. like in, um, in Altit Village, I was handed an infant. 
And then uh, I think this was inappropriate comment number two in <laughs> Dan Elmo's Keeping Track, where I said, how much? <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> I think it's still there, because I, you know, I got handed Zara on like day one in Pakistan by yeah. Arabia, Moyen's brother's wife. Yes. Sister-in-law? Sister-in-law. Sister-in-law, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, she was like, here's my baby. Holy, <laughs> 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 it, Liza, it's a, it's a child, not a bag of oranges, please. <laughs> Um, So one of the things, too, uh, the reason I wanted to do an all-women's trip is I wanted to have access to the women there, and I wanted to learn more about their lives. And I was really amazed to see just on our first day when we were in Lahore and when some of us went on a field trip to go to a school, and uh, Olya was there with me, and we're in this village, and... Of course, you know, these cars pull up and all these Westerners get out and these women uh, come out and they're like lined up across the road. And uh, as Jim would say, it was like a bunch of old cows to a new salt lake. They're all just standing there staring. And, and, and then one, the brave, brave one steps forward. Once they realized it was all women, they could approach. When I was on my trip and I was the only woman, women stayed away. They couldn't approach a group of men. Or a mixed group. Or a mixed group. And when they realized it was all women, they started coming forward, putting their hands out and introducing themselves. And that was really cool to see because they were not shy. The women were not shy. I mean, we, I think, uh, a perception of the Muslim women in a country like Pakistan is that they're living this very kind of oppressed life. And there are things that um, point to that. But a lot of the women I met were very vocal, uh, outgoing, um, many educated, and um, I thought that was really cool. Not only would they come up and shake hands, you know what became a problem? (laughs) Besides the selfies. So selfie is a word in any language. Yes. And anywhere we went, everybody wanted selfies. Yes. And crowds would gather and we'd have to get out of there quick. we got to figure out what the hashtag is for all of our photos on Pakistani Instagram. But one of our, our problems I discovered was that when women realized it was a woman on a motorcycle, this was a, a golden ticket for them because they could hop uh, on the back <laughs> and women would just come up and say, can I have a ride and hop on? Wow, yeah. that's cool. And it's like, well, I'm on yeah. this in this gravel parking lot, maybe not here. Um, but then this woman just seemed so disappointed when I told her that. So I'm like, all right, hop on. <laughs> and um, even when we were, a bunch of us were lined up on a steep downhill cobblestone road in Hunza village yes and we're slowly yep. going down this hill a group of women in a store saw us and came running out oh, i want to ride and one hops on my bike <laughs> one like hops on on, on <laughs> cassie's bike and then tiffany who is still kind of a new rider short she's like no no please don't <laughs> I, i've never had a passenger <laughs> oh goodness wow wow <laughs> And Cassie, were you comfortable having someone just hop on? I was okay because the cobblestone, since the the rocks aren't moving, was fine. Yeah, <laughs> it, it helps. Yeah, yeah. and um, but she kept saying, "Slow down." I was going as slow as you possibly could go on a motorcycle, mm-hmm. and she she was, she was kind of scared. She's like, "Slow down, go slower." I was like, "It's actually harder to go slower." Yes. <laughs> like, slower is actually the hardest thing you can do on a motorcycle. Yeah. So I got her down, but yeah, I think she was actually a little nervous because I mean, I probably I mean, I weigh like what a buck ten, right? Yeah. And I had to, I had to turn a lot of women down. Who had asked me? Because oh, I'm sorry. We're like everyone's on their bikes, geared up. They're trying to leave. Someone ran over. Can I have a ride? 
Mm. Yeah. Remember the woman on the gravel parking lot that was asking you for a ride? So what Moyen told me after we left that parking lot and stopped somewhere else to eat is that in Urdu, as we were leaving and gearing up, she had like a five-year-old son with her. And as we were gearing up, the son in Urdu said, you know, it's strange to see women on motorcycles. And she turned to him and said, no, it's not. And you should get your, you should tell your father that he should buy me a motorcycle. (laughs) Yes. Nice. So you guys are like rock stars over there, huh? You got mobbed like rock stars a little bit. Yeah. It's very hard to come back and not have people want yes. to take selfies with you and say, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, awesome. we got used to um, that lifestyle." For being for being um, Westerners, for being tourists, we, that was unusual. For being women on motorcycles was also very unusual. Yeah, and everybody was curious and. In a society where uh, here in America we we just think that their culture is so different from ours, and especially with all this talk about terrorism and the reason that they're attacking us is because they don't approve of our life, I didn't feel that way at all there. And that's one of the things that they told us repeatedly. When you go back, please tell everyone we are not terrorists. Yes. Yep. Many people mm. made a point of how peaceful they are. Yeah. That's kind of a bummer yeah. that they have to say that because just perception of media or whatever is presented this to us, you know? Yes. Or, and yeah. I also have to point out that I've traveled to a lot of countries and the people in Pakistan were by far the friendliest and out of any country. Like so many people just approached us and maybe because we're awesome. all women, but the men and the women, everybody was friendly. A lot of liberal people. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised just how similar the people were. And then even... Yeah. Um, um, when we were at uh, the, the, you guys were up at the fort in Scardu, and Anita and Ruth and I stayed down at the village, and we're just hanging out with the kids, and people were coming out, and a young man of 17 um, named John Hop, I remember, came up to Ruth and just started a conversation and asked her, why is America a superpower? Uh-huh. Wow. And Ruth was like, uh, uh <laughs> like, what? Well, <laughs> How do you answer this? You have time right. for history lessons. Um, yeah. And it was not done in an aggressive way. It yeah. was really like, you know, I'm, he's a smart young man who wants to be a doctor living in this small village. And he finally had an opportunity to ask somebody an intelligent question that might be able to intelligently answer it. And, um, it was really interesting to have those kind of yeah. interactions everywhere we went. Yes. yes. People are very curious. Very curious. Um, let's talk about the roads. What were some of your favorite roads? The road to Skardu, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Gil gets to Skardu. Bagel, what do you call it? I call it the road of death. Yeah. Oh, the road of death. <laughs> the mountains were Love like 50 until shades the end of time. Well, so, but then again, we were we were going the in the opposite direction. So we were on the outside, <laughs> going past oh, all yeah. these trucks. We were on the outside sometimes, too, trying to pass people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. let's describe this road. It's, I think, about 100 and, is it 160 kilometers yeah, about From, 100 miles or so. Yeah. Um, and this is a road going over a mountain that most of it, it is carved into the side of the mountain with the river down below. Oh, it's, not, it's not really going over a mountain. It's going along a canyon. It's yeah. going through the mountain. Yeah, right. through it's the mountain. A canyon, a canyon that like was a carved. It was carved by the Indus River, which, by the way, is still carving that canyon yeah. Yeah, yeah, at yeah, the yeah. bottom, 150 feet below where you're riding. And you can hear it raging as you're it's riding along. It's not 150 <laughs> feet. Okay, maybe 300 then. Okay. Um, 
So, so you're on this windy, twisty road that is really one car width. Yes. There's no line one in the middle. There's no pavement. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's like a there are pavement here and a there. lot of sharp, blind corners because this is following the contour of the yep. mountain, and you're going around and hoping there isn't a truck coming mm-hmm. in towards you. Yep. Because there's nowhere to go. Or a herd of goats. There's oh. no, yeah, or a herd of goats, many goats, or a waterfall. Um, there were water crossings, um, or a landslide. So hundred, yeah. yeah, it's about hundred miles, and you're pacing yourself, and it just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. Yep. And there's a lot of potholes and bumps, and um, uh, when you come to oh, a village, the dips, there's big speed bumps. The di- dips for the water. Dips for oh, mm-hmm. yeah, the dips. So yeah. it was probably um, other than the DSI, it was one of the most challenging rides. But everyone really got into it. Everyone on the ride went their pace, let's say. And there were different groups of people at different times who would ride together. And you kind of get into a groove with the person you were riding with. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes I'd ride at the front. There, Sometimes I'd, I'd hop into the back, though. Usually whoever was in the back would start waving me, like, I don't want you near me. <laughs> Go in front of me. Go in front of me. <laughs> but I had a great ride uh, with Cassie. I remember having a great ride with you. Michelle, you and I were, like, clicked in and you were riding hella fast at first, <laughs> right before, before you cr- I crashed, <laughs> and then I was like, "Pull it back, Michelle." Yeah, I was right behind. That, I was right Michelle's behind you like, for that crash. She goes, "Cassie, you go around the corner so slow." <laughs> I was like, I've, I've crashed did. a lot already in my life, <laughs> and then and Oli and I clicked in a lot, and so there was a lot of that where people were just clicking in with somebody else and riding at their own pace, and there was no pressure um, yeah. to ride faster. The thing that I loved um, for those of us, like oftentimes it was Oli. And I with Moin or Sunny just kind of riding balls out. I, I was gonna say, except for no pressure, except for when Moin was like, "Are you slow? Like, mm-hmm. come, yeah. come on, come on! Can't you keep, keep up?" He's leading the pack at full speed through like um, massive traffic. <laughs> so some of us wanted to ride aggressive and have fun and really push the limits. Yeah, it's like a and hooligan ride. Like a hooligan ride, and then other people were taking it nice and slow. I mean, Elsbeth, she's like, you know, I'm. I'm older. I've done in this. I don't want to take risks. Um, and even Danielle would like to stop and take a lot of pictures. Experienced riders. Um, but here's what I found. Those of us going as fast as we could and those going, taking their time, there was not that big of a difference between the two speeds. Mm-hmm. Because every rider on the trip was capable. Yes. I or was, became more capable. I was, I was impressed. I was really impressed. And yeah. I was surprised we didn't split into two groups. Yeah. No. No, so it was it was great riding. Um, Gilgit Scardu Road, yeah, that was a real challenge, and you have to kind of pace yourself, dial it back a little bit, and yeah, you, there are times when there is a truck coming, um, you have to hug the wall, <laughs> and yeah. some, sometimes ride on the wall. Yeah, yeah. you literally so sand. Yeah. These trucks hug the wall. don't give two fucks about you, and they're nope. not going fast. <laughs> they're not going fast. Um, and these are these big, brightly colored, psychedelic-looking things, right? And I remember one time, Anita was ahead of me, and there was a truck coming. So she pulled over and kind of had her shoulder against the wall, was leaning over. And I just gauged the distance between her and the truck, and I just shot right through. Because <laughs> <laughs> you only live once, after all. <laughs> and I'm like, afterwards, I'm like, sorry! <laughs> so but this, it was just too much fun. To so this road up. was like a connective road between two towns is the only yeah. road. Yeah. Okay. So we left yeah. the main highway. So a lot of times we're riding on the KKH highway, the Korokarm highway. Okay. And Which is for, the old Silk Route. 
yeah which oh, wow. was amazing and many yeah. times this road is like a racetrack i mm. i actually mm. thought kkh was more dangerous in some cases than the skardu road because on the kkh it's all nicely paved and you're coming down from uh you know Kara, Kara, uh, what's the kunjara uh, uh, pass and you're oh, like yeah. redlining it in fifth gear <laughs> full, full tuck full tuck and then you come around <laughs> the bend and pavement stops and there's yeah. rocks for 50 feet and there's a landslide and yeah. and yak trying to cross and a yeah. bus and like a landslide and a bulldozer yeah. and and and, and, a, and a cliff and, a, and you know rocks beneath you or a giant speed bump thing yeah um oh yeah i hit one of those at full throttle and my bike went sideways in the air oh jeez nice. and You're i was like oh jeez uh and then i saw danelle hit it behind me oh. um we, I think we all started to feel like invincible. I, I started just, I started riding just with no care and just gunning for it. Oh yeah, I know you did. Me never. Yeah. Oh, I definitely. Yeah. Yeah, Michelle, so, you had some invincible riding moments. I did, Until and I you did too, Cassie. And I was like, oh, oh, second, Dion. second, second favorite road, mm-hmm. the mountain to Rama. Mm. Yeah. Wasn't that amazing? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It just going kept up. going and going, and you could keep climbing, and it just never stops until you're like, and it, it, it still not doesn't so, stop. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so you have a lot of these roads that are almost like perfect racetracks. So the KKH Highway, full tuck, big sweepers. I mean, there was probably like 30 or 40 miles where we were just full pin the whole time mm-hmm. and riding like a racetrack and using the whole road and uh, just sweeping these turns that's when Olya and Tiffany like to piss me and sunny off <laughs> <laughs> because the f- one problem with these little 150cc bikes problem advantage when you hit these long straightaway roads with the big sweepers that you're just keeping it full pin the whole time Weight matters. Oh, yes. And little fucking Tiffany. (laughs) She would just like wee past me, and I would like wave my fist, like, don't you dare. And then she'd slow down, and I'd say, you get get back me. You get back me. And then she would like go past me again, bouncing on her seat this time and laughing audibly in her helmet. And I'm like, don't you fucking dare. And she's just, and she just was making a game of it. And Olya was doing it too. I was doing it to Sunny. The first time I passed Sunny when he was. Wasn't expecting it because they were like up front with Moyen racing, and I just kind of like I was like, I'll, I'll do the full tuck too and see what where that gets me. And then I started passing Sunny, and he's like, <gasps> and then when we stopped, and then when we stopped, he came up to me and Woman. grabbed grabbed my helmet from underneath, pulled it towards him, and he was like, Woman, never do this again. <laughs> wow. But let's all remember who crashed the hardest on this ride. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that I saw the photos. It didn't look too too nice. Oh yeah, Sonny like, did crash. He went to the yeah. hospital twice. Yeah. Oh yes. shit! For the same injury, he got like road rash through his gear. Yeah, he, he, he punctured his abdomen. What? what? Yeah, because we'd be going really fast, like top speed through this stuff, and so, then he'd be flying by us. So this well, is on well, the DSI plane. So the DSI is a dirt road yeah. over rocks, baby heads. Yeah, it was yeah. very very difficult. Rocks and baby heads. It 
it was brutal for me because I couldn't stand anymore because I'd injured my knee and I was just my ass was getting hammered oh and then I had a shit <laughs> so bad oh, it was horrible no. I didn't think I could take it and I kept looking for a place to pull over and poop <laughs> and there was no place it's wide open plains there's always, there's always so a then I was like with you. riding on my stomach on the tank because I was ready to explode <laughs> oh, and I was miserable we had on a these, plan for that you know oh yeah and then we came around a bend a bag. and I saw the tents where we were glamping and the bathroom and I'm like hallelujah <laughs> but wow. I have to say not the only time I was riding and had to shit so bad yeah. and this is something that I loved about um Pakistan is that <laughs> I the toilets no I had to shit so bad I just pulled over where there was a couple buildings and I asked a stranger a man came up to me and I'm like flushy flushy and <laughs> and he walked me over to his house yep. and let me use his bathroom nice you know I, wow. I had I had a similar story to that except we stopped at like one of the breakfast stops and um, well they didn't have a toilet, but oh, the, no. but the guy Moeen was talking to the guy. I didn't speak English, um, and he he basically told Moeen, "Your your friend can shit in my yard." <laughs> <laughs> like, wow! Pointed me around back the, behind the building. He's like, "You can go over here. It's safe." You like, can't even do that in the states. Like you get arrested for that. Right. States, Actually, I just peed in Liza's yard. Between. What? There's a bathroom. I don't know where Be- it is. Between oh, that, <laughs> between that, and here, yeah. hold my. You know what? That's Being love. outside is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, thank I you. <laughs> I will I hold your, your baby your now. Your parents didn't see me. <laughs> All right, so that brings me, I think, wow. to the last subject I wanted to talk about. But wait, we didn't talk about the pan. The pan? Oh, pan, pan, the pan. soap, pan. soap, the soap. Oh, the pan. I thought you and meant Lahore, the red light district. <laughs> but there's a red light district. In yes, there is a red light district across the river but, from the mosque. But what yeah. I nice. think the pond gave me the flaming butthole, which oh. which I thought was a flesh eating virus. So <laughs> they were told they were eating. They wait, were, wait, wait. Let me tell the story. Let me tell the story. We had dinner. We have dinner. Moins like, if any of you want to check out the like street food place, like come with me. So oh, a bunch boy. of us did, and uh, and we're walking, and he's like, oh yeah, this used to be the red light district, and we're like staring at a mosque that's across the river. <laughs> And uh, and then we come to this cart, and it looks m- like the 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 guy behind it looks like a wizard, right? Like yeah, he's like making the most all amazing this, thing. <laughs> and he's making these things, like and the, they're like, they're yeah. wrapped in a Beto, leaf. Beto and, leaf. And, and 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 Sunny is like, "Would you guys like to try this dessert? You know, it's like it's called pan. It's like supposed to refresh you after dinner." And I was like, "Sure, I'll try this." So you know, they order however many of us there were, like seven or something, yeah, like, seven pans. Like is 15. this from the wizard? It looks from like the a wizard, wizard. Okay. yes. <laughs> from the wizard on from a cart on the street. It looks so, amazing. So they're wrapping this, and I'm like, you know, they wouldn't be ordering this if they thought we'd get sick, so, you know, it's fine. And so then they hand out the pawn, and at that time, Sonny's standing right next to me, and I have my phone in my hand, and he's like, oh, do you want a video of this? And at that point, I was like, sure, like, I'll have a video of me eating dessert. Why not? So then he starts videotaping this, and I take a bite, and it tastes like the most uh, appealing, expensive soap you've ever had. <laughs> it's it's like the stuff that you. It smells like you really want to eat it, but it's soap, so you wouldn't. But you right. know, yet that we're there, we are eating it, and it was so terrible. As, I'm, as I'm chewing, as I'm chewing this, I'm like. 
you know, and this is after Sunny told me, don't, you know, blow your nose at the at the dinner table. So I, as I'm chewing this, I'm like, and he's videotaping, and I'm like, they're freaking pulling my leg. Like, it's incense, yeah. it's incense, and they told me it's, it's dessert, and you I'm eating this soap. on film now. <laughs> but then I'm like, but if he's not kidding, and I spit this out on the street in front of his feet, he probably would be offended. So I don't know what to do. And for like 15 seconds, I sit there with my mouth mouth full of incense. I kept eating it, to be polite. Oh. Yeah, and then Moen, and then Moen comes over, and then Moen comes over, and he's like, oh, you're not supposed to bite it. You have to put every, try just shove everything in, 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 in. So I just like, I don't know, I just like swallowed it all. Um, and then I was expecting them to tell us that, you know, it's soap, but they didn't. It's actual dessert. It's we don't know if it was a joke or not. We still I, don't know. I ate a dessert that tasted like mutton. <laughs> so I'm, wow. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not eating dessert in Pakistan anymore. Because wow. I don't I don't like mutton. Pink balls. It, looked like it's, it tasted like day-old mutton. Um, but you know what? That the brings food me, was good, but not desserts. Yeah. I want yeah. to talk about the man, the myth, the legend. Moin Khan. Yes. So Moin has been a guest on the podcast here as well as a lot of the other writers who have been on these trips. So a lot of people have heard these stories before. This was a special trip, though. Um, And I just wanted to let everyone know some of the efforts that Moin goes through uh, to make people comfortable. So in my hand, I have what looks like an oil can. (laughs) That says halal. That says halal on it. It says Al Faisal. And um, this is food, but we don't know what's in it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's canned food. Can. Uh, uh, the label looks like it came from the 1940s, 50s. <laughs> yes. It's like sans It looks like it came font. out of somebody's uh, bunker. Yeah. It's, um, so what Moyne does, cool. he wants to make sure, I don't know if you're aware of that bagel, but he wants oh, to make yeah. sure that people are eating safe food. Yes. So he has his mom make up all this food, yep. these big batches of food, and he they take it to a canning plant and can it. So everywhere we're going, he's pulling these cans out of the Jeep, and we had lentils and chicken and lamb and I don't know if I've had oxtail before. Yeah. Um, and then the local restaurant or hotel just makes the bread and uh, maybe some cucumber stuff like that. Yeah. But we've been eating his mom's cooking the whole time. Oh, yeah, so Olya brought excellent. back one of the mystery cans. We don't know what's in that can. And he went to great expense. Um, some people who couldn't have eggs for breakfast. Yeah. Uh, he brought um, sausages that he. Oh, you had vegetarians, right? On the and crew. we had a vegetarian who had potatoes every day. Wow. <laughs> and, and I have dietary issues, and and his his mom made up foods for me that I could eat too so I had like my own special stuff and it was yeah that was super super cool yeah so the food is great um let's talk a bit about the Moin magic so um we all have stories of the Moin magic maybe you encountered this bagel but we definitely had a lot of magic on this trip so I'll share one of my favorite stories and I think there's enough Moin magic stories for each of you to share one I'm gonna talk about the first day we were there with Anita So Anita on the trip is the heart surgeon from uh, Germany. And all she had done was asked if she could have a tour of a local hospital while she was there. So Moyne called his uncle, who happened to work at one of the local hospitals, and she went and had lunch with him. Turns out uh, his uncle happens to be head of cardiology, who then invited Anita to come in for surgery that night. They were going to be performing open heart surgery. Wow. 
So it went from, could I please get a tour of a hospital, to her scrubbing in and assisting on open heart surgery oh, that wait, night. Oh, she was actually she doing was, fucking yes, surgery. Yes, yes. And wow. she's like, and they did not ask me for my credentials or anything. <laughs> and and they, wait, they were stuck in traffic. Yes. The amazing thing, we were stuck in traffic. The surgery was supposed to start at 7, and she was so worried. She was running late. Um, Moyne had to wait to, to get everyone to the hotel and stick her in a taxi. She gets there, and the patient is open and waiting and the surgeons are all waiting for her to begin what wow yes he was just like and yep. like yeah wow yep. and she uh, performed surgery till two in the morning um which Heavy is duty, crazy man. so that's kind of the moin magic uh you know you ask for something and suddenly you get it uh you do you have a favorite Moin magic story, Julia? Well, my favorite magic Moin story is the helmet story. The that's they, this is a good one. All right, that's share the story. At the end of the trip, so oh, yeah. we're flying out at 3 a.m. and we get dropped off at the airport at like midnight, mm-hmm. and in, in this rush fashion, sort of say goodbyes and like roll our suitcases in. And I go spent through. two hours repacking my suitcase because I had bought so much stuff. Yeah, it took me two hours, like like Jenga, to get it all to like fit in there. Mine was. <laughs> So we were allowed 23 kilograms. Mine was 23.1. Oh, man. <laughs> and they let me through. It was fine. Cool. Mine was way over. But you, in, in uh, Islamabad, so we're flying out of Islamabad, you go, you you come in and you first take your luggage that you're going to check in through sort of security. So that took us a little while because we had a ton of bags. And this is a big airport. Islamabad is the capital. Yes. Yes, the Benazir Bhutto International It's an international airport. airport. Yeah. So we go in and we go to check our bags and we che- as we're checking our bags, it's very clearly apparently visible that how much, however like eight of us were there, nine yeah. something like yeah. that. All of us have helmets uh, or o- almost all of us. Well, you no, a couple yours. of us didn't. Okay, so a couple Some of, of us were smart enough to pack our helmets. And right, Michelle? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I packed mine on the sly. So, at the airport. So, but we had, we had our helmets like visible uh, and nobody said anything at the counter and we checked our bags and then we go in to go through the security line um, to get to the plane and uh, as we go through the security line you know there's the men's uh, uh, side and the women's side mm-hmm. and the women's side is all covered up so if they have to pat you, you down it's, very, it's very private you yeah. know it's, you can't touch women she, I, the lady came up to me and she's frisking me I'm like hey how you doing <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you ask her to touch her butt like you did to Moana? <laughs> and Azaz oh, no. and uh, no. Shafe I and, only touched, uh, and I only touched the and men's Raju butts. And uh, should I? Go I touched on? a lot of men's butts. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. I was told it was inappropriate. Don't ever say I those couldn't help words. It. Don't ever say those she words. Ruined, so, Liza ruined all right, like a so tiny man, but that's continue a the story. story. <laughs> um, and so, so we go through, and the women at the security line that just frisks, frisked us are like, you can't, oh, oh, you have helmets, so like you have to check them, you know, and they are, are acting like it's not, no big deal. Like, we stood in security line for a long time. Yes, too. we did. Mm-hmm. And our flight is leaving in like an hour. And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 helmets, you can't, you know, you have to check them. And so we're like, no, we can't check them because if you bang them, you know, they don't work anymore yeah. and they're very cl- very quickly very clearly Ruth is talking to them I'm just listening to this uh, it becomes very apparent that there's a disconnect because they're like well oh there's a lot of you uh, and all of you have helmets so well why did you bring helmets we sell them here for five you know for five bucks <laughs> <laughs> which um, by the way the helmet that I brought back up here which you can squeeze like a melon between <laughs> your hands yes so we're trying to explain these are slightly different helmets they cost a little bit more they're you know fragile equipment you can't a little check bit more, them not Seven dollars. Yes. Yes. I, I think I, I at some point I said six hundred bucks because you know that's how much shoes cost. Even though yeah, that, right. that's not the helmet 
that I had with me, but I was just like talking out of, you know, I was like, between all of us, there's like $10,000 of equipment here. We can't check them. So the, the women... You know, realized this was wasn't wasn't going to be a very short conversation, so they called somebody, and, and that somebody. And meanwhile, while Ruth is talking, I had Wi-Fi, so I texted Moy, and I'm like, Moy, and we can't. They're not letting us bring our helmets on the plane. Meanwhile, he, Michelle and I are sitting on the other side of security, where you go to board planes, watching through a a, a glass wall. You guys just standing around in a group. We're like, what are they doing? They're what happens if they can't get through? Michelle and I are like having this conversation, and I'm like, "Well, I can tell you what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm getting on the plane." Liza was like, "What would you do?" And I was like, "I'd get on this plane." <laughs> yeah. And I, I had Tif- Tiffany and left her bag with me, so I have Tiffany's bag. I see how it is, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm getting on the plane too." <laughs> so, so we hear them call boarding for our flight. Yes, mm. and we're like, "Well." See ya. I'm trying to wave through the window. <laughs> See ya. So Michelle and I get on the plane not knowing the fate of anybody else. Okay, so oh yeah, yeah, that what happened? That's how feeling. it is. Yeah, thank you, Liza, for sharing that with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so me, I, I'm, I texted Moy and I'm like, they're not letting us bring our helmets on. So he immediately calls me and Ruth is still talking to the women and the women just called somebody else to come over and talk to us. And Moyen is like yelling into the phone. He's like, they're fucking stupid. Like, don't just <laughs> let me talk to them. Let me talk to them. Just keep you can't let them do this they're gonna let you bring your helmets on the plane just keep fighting like let me talk to somebody so i asked the women if they would talk to them to him and they said no but this guy comes out and i'm like okay he's he's somebody we should talk to like a manager or something like that and without much talking he escorts us out of security that we just stood you know 30 20 30 minutes in line for and i'm like damn it, like, that's not good. And he leads us to a check counter, uh, and he's like, please check your helmets. And at that point, I'm like, okay. And didn't they want to charge a lot of money? Yeah, they wanted to charge me $175 to check my helmet. helmet. And And so I was like, no, can I repack it? And that's when I repacked. So then I take the guy, and some of us couldn't repack. That was the issue. Some of us didn't have enough space to repack a helmet. And uh, so at that point, I'm like, okay, the women didn't explain what we just explained to them, to, to the guy. So I took the guy aside, and I was like, can I please just talk to you for a second? And I told them the same thing, you know, very expensive equipment. There's a bunch of us, you know, $10,000. We can't check it. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to carry it with us. We flew to here and a lot of us have flown to like 50 different countries with mm-hmm. no problems. What is the issue? Can I talk to somebody who's making this decision? Uh, meanwhile, and Moyne's like texting me like, you know, how's and it going? What was, what and was like, the reason that they said? So so then the guy takes me, and so I'm like, Moyne, I'm about to go talk to somebody who's making this decision. This guy that I just told this seemed like he wanted to be helpful. So he's like, yeah, please come with me. We'll talk to the head of security. So he takes me out of the check-in area back to where we entered the airport. And I have Moyne on the phone at that point. But when we get to him and I say, you know, and I introduce myself, I, again, quickly explain the situation. Please talk to our sponsor who took us around, who's Pakistani. Hand him the phone and I can hear him like, hello, hello, hello. So I'm like, crap, I freaking lost Wi-Fi and Moyen. So I had to have that conversation by myself. And so I had that conversation and, you know, and at the end he's like, you know, these are a regulation. I'm like, what is the concern? We can take out the padding. You guys can check that nothing is there. And his response is a helmet is concerned considered a hard item that you can hit somebody over the head with it's a like weapon a, a club or something and i'm yeah. like it's a weapon. and i'm i'm standing there with my and i'm like so is my backpack right yeah. like what's the difference <laughs> so I, not, not a good time to start 
pointing out all the other possible <laughs> weapons you have, I'd like to say. So, so, so the guy, you know, is unmoved and unimpressed, and he's clearly done talking to me because he turns his head away and he's like, "Please go with this gentleman. He'll help you pack it." And the gentleman leads me back into the check area, and at this point, the plane is leaving in half an hour, mm, and yeah, we are yeah. out of security at this point, so we have to go th back through security. So he leads me back, and he's pointing to the. Um, um, it's not even bubble wrap. It's like plastic wrap. You know that they wrap the yeah. suitcases oh, the with. And he's like yeah. wrap, wrap in that, Good and enough. it will be fine. And I was like, no, no. we can't do this. <laughs> and the girls who are who are standing there, the women who are who are still who haven't boarded the plane yet, <laughs> are are waiting Cassie, for me. Had you boarded the plane? Well, I almost missed this flight altogether. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole nother story. <laughs> <laughs> so the women are there and they're like, how did the conversation go? And I'm like, you know, not good. Like they're It was not looking good. Both Michelle and I were like, well, last time we were ever going to see them. Uh, and Eliza was like, go yell at them. You know, find out what's going on. I was like, I can't yell at them across security. Yeah. So, so all of this build up, so all of this build up, this is the moment when things change. So I'm telling them it's not good. We're going to have to check our helmets. I don't know. A man walks. And at this point, you have to, Imagine so they took us out of security. The security line is moving, but they're all watching us. Like we're the, we're the circus, you know. We're the yeah. circus that's happening on the side. And at that point, there's like 15 men who clearly work at the airport or have some connection with something that's going on. And they're just standing around, kind of talking to each other, like it's it's a show. <laughs> and uh, so a man approaches at that point to me as I'm telling the the girls that like that's not good. It's not good. And he's like, "Which one of you is Olia?" And I was like. Me. <laughs> me. I am the troublemaker. And he's like, and as soon as I say that, he's like, please, you know, relax. Everything's going to be okay. I'm with Moin. Here's Moin <laughs> on the phone. Please sit right here and just, I will take care of everything. And he, very calm voice, hands me the phone. You know, I sit, I'm like, okay, that's really strange. Because I literally talked to Moin maybe 20 minutes ago when I told him we have a problem. And, uh, so I take the phone and and I you know I'm not like hey and he's like he's yelling into the phone he's like they're idiots this is an idiotic rule this guy and whatever his name is this is such and such I can't remember what you know Muhtar or something like that <laughs> this is Muhtar he's gonna take care of everything you guys will be able to bring in your helmets on board he'll he'll make sure it happens don't worry about it they already notif notified the guy who's in charge of letting the planes leave the airport the plane won't leave without you it will be taken <laughs> care of yeah just 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 relax this guy will take care of everything everything okay and I was like uh-huh okay okay <laughs> and then I hang up the phone and then the, the, all, all of them are looking at me and I'm like that that guy right there Muhtar he's gonna he's gonna Moen, that that's what he's with Moen and he they told us he'll take care of everything and they're gonna let us come on the plane with the helmets so we're like okay so we're just sitting there and he had a few conversations with everybody and then came back and like introduced one of the guys to us and then like these there's like this main guy who's not Mukhtar, and then like five, if I remember correctly, like army looking people, like police looking people, and then they start taking us back to the security line and mm -hmm. they take us past the security, yeah. the security <laughs> line. And then they, as we get to the actual to the metal, plane that's no, being no, no, held? no, 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 hold on. Oh, well, yes, to the yes. plane that's being held. No, no, but before we get to the metal right. detectors and they're just like, please wait right here. And we're like, the plane is leaving like the plane and right. they're like don't worry we're already we're already notified you know it's fine you'll make the plane don't worry just wait right here we're gonna change personnel so the personnel that told us we cannot bring helmets on board <sighs> got swapped out 
Wow. <laughs> as we were standing right there, and then as we're standing right there, one of the men um, comes to Tiffany and says, "Ma'am, would you mind? Would you terribly mind cover? Because she was the only oh, one right, with an exposed that. helmet, and everybody else clearly have a helmet, but they're like in a, in a tiny little bag, you know, mm-hmm. that goes right around them. So he's like, "Would you please terribly mind just throwing something over your helmet?" And she's like. Okay, and she puts some jacket yeah, over it, jacket. and I'm like, that looks so much more suspicious. Than <laughs> I know, <the> <laughs> a jacket. Whatever, and so then they take us through. So they stop the security line. They with personnel changes. They take us through, and then they like get us outside to the shuttle that takes us to the um, to the plane. And the the guy who the main person who let us out there like talks to the person who directs traffic into the bus, and they he just kind of makes room for us and like shoves us all in there to make sure we get there and then they get us to the plane we board the plane and then fly home and then the, at that point when i'm sitting in the plane because all of this happened so quickly i'm yeah. like who the hell did moin call <laughs> right who does moin at, call at two get people in the morning get at two in the morning through geez. security and at that point i oh, have no geez. reception and i don't know and i can't call him so i had to that, wait to find out till that's know. the moin magic yeah no. michelle do you have a moin magic story Yes, the the day after I crashed in in Gulmet, mm-hmm. I believe that's where we were. Um, I come out in my sandal socks, <laughs> and uh, Moyne's like, "Hey, you got to come up to Barth Lake with us. Just hop on the back of my bike." And I was like, "Oh, no, I'm not so sure. You know, my knees are still hurting a little." He's like, "No, no, no. You just you have to see this. You have to see this." And I'm like, okay, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you here. So I hop on the back of his bike, and we all take off and ride up this, you know, fire road, Mm -hmm. basically dusty fire road, up to this lake that was just phenomenally beautiful. Yeah. And I just, you know, we had chai together, and I was just looking around, and I was thinking, like, this is so wonderful. Thank you that I did not miss this, you know. And uh, we went and took um, pictures at the glacier mm-hmm. right there at Pasu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just a couple of times, like, you know, I had another day where my stomach wasn't feeling so great and I, you know, wasn't doing all that well. And I was like, I really can't get on a bike, you know, right now. Like, I I was exhausted. I was dehydrated. And he just looked at me and in two seconds he was like, Michelle, just chill. Just chill. Go chill in the truck. And he just, he took care of me. Yeah, yeah. And I really appreciated that during those moments. Like, yeah. Much appreciation to him. Cassie, do you have a Moine magic story? Uh, I guess I have a couple, but one was, and I don't know if I was with you, Liza, or with Sheila, but we... Uh, had gone up a road and we started to realize we'd made a wrong turn. And meanwhile, Moyne hadn't seen him in a while. He's usually like way ahead or way behind. And uh, we, we we go to pull over because we realize we've made this wrong turn. And there's Moyne. Immediately there to say you made a wrong <laughs> turn. Like he just showed up. Like he I know. Just, he somehow did that he a knew. lot. Yeah, somehow he just knew. And um, I guess we already talked about going up to the Eagle's Nest when we were staying oh, that, in Ramabad. I, um, I remember that was, uh, I think, but that was when that, we were in uh, Abdabad and we had to make that left turn. And oh, he was right. trying to make You're, sure everyone was together. Yes. And that was in that chaotic traffic. Right. And he went and retrieved everyone. Yeah, but it was kind of like a miracle that he was just there. Like he just knew we had gone in the oh, wrong way. What was the other one you had? Oh, uh, well, the other one was more just the fun of him driving up to the Eagle's Nest with all of us screaming. 
And, I, and then that story about video. The, the Japanese um, tourist who tried to climb up the ladyfinger or next to the ladyfinger. That was just really fun going up there. Um, the other Moin Magic story I wanted to share is um, so we were invited to the border ceremony between mm-hmm. India oh, and, yes. yeah. and Pakistan. And they have this stadium. It's a lopsided stadium, but it's a stadium with a border in the middle. And is, is it twice a day? Flag ceremony, yeah. It's a flag ceremony where it's a ceremonial thing where the flag is raised or lowered at the end of the day. And um, they have these rangers who have these giant plumage on their hats and these amazing outfits. And they do this. It, the only way to describe it is Ministry of Silly Walks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's this, so the road going through the stadium, which is the actual road, and they do this whole marching, aggressive, and popping stuff, and, stuff. And, and everyone is cheering, Pakistan, Zindabad, and it's a huge thing. And then yeah, the, on speakers. the other side, India, they have their own rangers marching, and they're doing this thing. Well, when we get there, we get escorted through five checkpoints. We get to go through, and we get taken up to the building, and we go into this little special holding room that looks like some palatial living room thing and uh it's like what's going on why are we in here you know i'm peeking out the blinds what's going on <laughs> so all like 11 of you or whatever it was uh there was 12 of 12 us is? okay and we had at that point there was only i think six or eight guys with us mm-hmm. uh, we had nine nine guys with us so there we were 21 in our little group dang um so we're in this room and they're giving us like finger sandwiches and drinks <laughs> and taking care of us wow. yes and they say okay the thing's about to begin they take us upstairs to this viewing platform and we're viewing this whole thing and i have to say what's amazing is um, pakistan only has extremely tall rangers it's a hiring requirement, I ask. It is a hiring yeah. requirement, and here is why. They're making fun of the of Hindu vegetarians over in India. Look at us meat eaters, big and strong. Oh my God. So these men are like six foot six, six foot eight, and you got these little like five foot two Indians doing their little marching thing and their spats, right? And so we're watching this thing, and it's pretty amazing. You can see videos of the Pakistan-India border ceremony. And... Um, Suddenly, this man, this like army dude, comes up to me and goes, Come, come. Oh, what's going on? What's going on? And I've said, come on, everyone. I wave. Come on. And we, we leave. And he takes us downstairs to the, to the road outside of the stadium, where he then starts walking down the road in the stadium while this ceremony is going on. There's all these Wait, you got high kick marching yeah. and everything. <laughs> we walk what? right up to the edge of the road. And we're and we're just standing there. We're like in the middle of the stadium, and then suddenly, uh, like the flag comes down, and then they they reach across and they shake hands. It's this thing that they do, and next thing I know, we're now being ushered into the ceremony. So uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So uh, I'm showing knock a picture. Real quick. Oh, fuck. so this is where we're viewing from, and then suddenly <laughs> they march us right down. To hear, holy to the shit! Gate. There's a lot of people going on. And there. look at this yeah. guy doing oh, yeah. his high kick thing. Yikes! The tall, tall Pakistani man and the little Indian dude. That guy's kicking the shit and out of the next air. Next thing I know, <laughs> we're now rushed in as a 
do the handshake, close the gates, and they line up to salute as the crowd goes crazy. Suddenly, we are ushered in to stand amongst them as the crowd is going apeshit. Wow. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. <laughs> That's dope. And we're just like waving to yeah. the crowd. You were, like, <laughs> you were like dignitaries at that point, right? Like, well, it reminded me when like... I was a little kid, I went to Ringling Brothers and I got chosen to be the huh. the the token ringmaster I got to wear a top hat stand in the middle surprise, and wave at surprise. people that's what I'm like oh where are the elephants like it was crazy yeah. and, now, and we were wow. just like what the fuck and now wow. we know why Liza likes to run the circus yeah yeah yeah, yeah. anyway so Moine does such an, an amazing job of taking care of everyone and setting up these moments where we have access to things that other people don't have access to I don't honestly I don't know what he's telling people about us right um and his family <laughs> opens up their home and yeah. lets us stay there and his mom is cooking for us and his friends are coming on the trip with us to ride with us and take care of us i mean it's it's a for me a twice in a lifetime experience maybe a thrice in a lifetime <laughs> experience well, you got going for three pete is that what's happening uh it's it's hard not to go yeah there mm-hmm. is no other experience like this i know that you can go ride the alps or you can go dirt biking in costa rica or you can ride across africa you're not going to get this experience with moin and his magic how he takes care of you you're not going to meet nicer people everywhere who are well aware of what the media has told us about their country mm-hmm. and they know that anyone who has come there is choosing to disregard what we've been told and they thank us yes yeah They're constantly very, very thank us for being there and you're not going to ride these amazing roads with these mountains and rivers and valleys and and you're not going to experience this anywhere because these then just to it, 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 go further than that the mountains that they have in pakistan are not just mountains like i mean in the united states we have mountains I and mean, there's some big mountains you know there's the rocky mountains they're majestic well the himalayas put them all to shame I mean, yeah. there is yeah. nothing five of the like, highest mountains in the world are in pakistan yeah, yeah. and we're yeah. riding riding through them and, and you're just and you you're going down the road and you see this this wall of rock like on either side of you or up ahead i mean it Sounds is epic. just amazing and you're not going to experience a land that has been untouched i really felt like yeah. riding through national geographic magazine a lot yeah. of the time yeah, yeah really um, going back 300 years in time yes yeah um, Land of the lost. You're not going to experience <laughs> this anywhere. So basically, for anyone who listens to this and says, I want to do this, you can. Yes. Definitely. There are no more trips this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but Moyne does trips every year. He does a couple of trips. Uh, a differentagenda.com is where you go to find information. Um, you can also go to ridethekkh.com, and there's information there. Um, for Bagel, Bagel asked, and he said, yes, I will buy and repair these vintage Vespas and bring Pakistani's best Vespa mechanic on the trip. Yes. He made a trip for him. I said, I want to bring a bunch of women and experience a lot of um, culture and 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 see more than I did last time, and he created it. If you can get enough people together, he'll create a trip for you, or if you want to sign up, and go have a trip of a lifetime. I cannot recommend it. I cannot recommend it enough. 
The other thing, too, is um, he's not making a living off of this. The cost was not very much. For a two-week trip, bikes, support, food, hotels. Fuel. Yeah, fuel. Fuel, $2,500. It was amazing. And no one had to pay for all the damage they did to the bikes. Oh, that's sweet. Although we tried. (laughs) Yeah, he would, yeah, that was his gift. Yeah, and and so generous. And he, um, earlier this year, he did, I think, his first bicycle tour. That's right. Oh, that's rad. And when I was talking to him, he said he is happy to show Pakistan by foot, motorcycle, bicycle, or car to anybody who wants to come and see Pakistan. Yeah. Yeah. And and I would also like to add that he's he's not only not making money, but he usually loses money on these trips. But he doesn't care because to him it's worth it because he wants people to see what the real Pakistan is like. That's what this is about. Come, as he said, come to Pakistan and come and see for yourself yeah. what my country is like. And it, it, was, and it was by far the best value I've ever gotten in any trip I've ever taken in my life. I agree. Yeah. Um, and um, I don't know that I'm going to go on it. I'm hoping Oli does. But I do want to uh, help create a Chikistan 2018 trip. Nice. I think it was an amazing experience. Not just that, but for all of the people in that country who are experiencing a growth in women riders and in women, women's independence, I think it was a big deal to see these strong, independent women come through who were light and interested to learn about their cultures and respectful of learning yeah. about them. A well, lot of people expected us to come in there and be bossy and look down on them. Well, you know, it's it sounds like there were strong and independent women types in Pakistan. It's just like the culture, I guess, is needing to change just a little bit. I mean, I guess you're part it, of that. It is stuck in 300 years ago, and it is progressive all at the same time. And I think right. that's why there is a lot of conflict within that country. Well, there's also a divide between urban and rural, modern versus traditional. There's a lot. Right. Yeah. But right. I cannot stress, if you have any interest on going on this trip, you should go. Contact Moyne. Go to a, a differentagenda.com or ridethekkh.com or... Contact me here, Recycle Motorcycle Garage at gmail.com. Yeah. And I'll give you the info or I'll help you set up a trip. Um, there's a two week trip, there's a three week trip. He'll make up a trip for you. Um, if you want to go in a van and have enough people, he'll make that happen. So. And and if you want to ride scooters, he's still got the, the four that we took on our trip and he'll, he'll yeah. get more if, you need, if we need them. <laughs> So I know this has been a long show. I feel like I wanted to make up for missing out last week. Um, <laughs> and also, I wanted to thank uh, Olya and Michelle and Cassie for coming down. Yeah, thank you very much. To share the story. I know Cassie was a little concerned coming in here and had to get a little bit slashed before we put a mic in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually the one recording. <laughs> I got loose lips. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, that's it. Well, thank you, Liza. It's an, it's an amazing yeah, You were experience. super fun on this trip. Uh, you, you really made it for me. I, I really enjoyed oh, thank it. You. Yeah, I was really happy. You're... Did you hear that knock? Yes. People like me. Yes. I know. Yeah. She was I an awesome dancer. <laughs> super funny. Oh, and yeah. made sure that none of the women, that she was like uh, Switzerland there, you know? Like, yeah. made oh. sure she nipped everything in the bud so that not, everybody got along. Liza yeah. was yeah. mom. Yeah. Liza yes. was mom on this trip. Six, I think, really um, I think inappropriate <laughs> moment number seven is that uh, when we're glamping at DSI and we're doing a dance party in the tent and I stuck Sunny 
Bonnie in a chair and started doing a chair oh. dance. Oh, no. You're giving what? him a lap dance? I was. I did a lap dance. Was that the first lap dance in Pakistan ever? Oh, I, oh, I was going goodness. all around. Then I stuck my butt and started rubbing it on his lap. Oh, and I'm no. sitting there in my don't. mind going, this is inappropriate. <laughs> don't, Very, don't, don't. But nobody has stopped me. Don't say that. I get it. I get it. Just, the misfit in Pakistan. Oh. Like I said, the nine men that were them. on I this trip, them. Liza ruined them. <laughs> they should be scared, Liza. They should be scared. It's yeah. okay, because Liza's no lady. She's a tough man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That- Wait a minute. I just want to say, that's what was said. So that I, Raju? I, no, no, no. I, uh, no, that was um, uh, Kazi, one of our mechanics. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, so there was a moment where I crashed. Moin crashed. We're going around a corner, and I saw Moyne crash. His bike just... And I went, holy crap, Moyne cr- Oh, now I'm sliding. <laughs> like, the bike just went out from under me. And this is when we're in heavy traffic. Yeah. And it's on a downhill left turn. Like a, like a sort of a switchback. And I did not want to get hit by a truck. So I immediately popped up and went to pick my bike up. And the bike had fallen uh, with the the wheels on the uphill side. Yeah, so yeah. I go to pick it yeah. up and I'm going against the hill. Oh, and I start to pick it up and I'm like And meanwhile Tiffany and I come up to come up onto this crash and we see this and we stop and there's traffic behind us and I'm like about to put my kickstand down and go help Liza and I see her starting to lift the bike. And I realized the center stand had come down. So I'm lifting uphill onto a center stand and I'm having trouble lifting and I look around pleading and I remember look up and I see Cassie and her eyes are just bulging staring at me and nobody was coming to help. I was, I was just like, I, I stopped and they're just for you. staring and I went I was just like, and I lifted that bike up and they all went oh my god because to them it looked like I lifted it up bike over up, my like, head. Yes, yes, yes. Like a monster. Yes. Wow. Like, I, saw, I saw you do that as I was like coming the around Hulk. the corner yeah, and it was amazing. Say. Yeah. I, I, I was gonna help you and then I was like I just I, gotta see her I was stopping <laughs> Traffic like, I don't want to be a part of this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was pretty mama crazy. Mama misfit moment. <laughs> that was a, oh uh-huh. shit, I'm in the road moment. Right. And why ain't yeah. anyone yeah. coming to help me? <laughs> shit, I got to do this thing now. Have you seen that me trying a, to pick up a bike? How much, how much <laughs> was that? Was uh, fueled by adrenaline versus uh, embarrassment? All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> Equal parts. Yeah, yeah, all of the above. Anyway, amazing trip. Thank you guys for coming down. Um, thank you to everyone uh, who, are, who listens and have made it this far. Yeah. Uh, especially apologies for skipping out last week. You know what? I think that was the first time in four years that there yeah. wasn't like um, deal with it, an man. actual reason why we didn't record. I was just like, I'm, I'm well, not... I'm, jet lag. That's not yeah. a technical reason. Yeah. <laughs> but this trip, it took a lot out of me. I oh, yeah. felt fine on the trip, but then you realize once you get back how much adrenaline we were living on hmm. every day that it took weeks to recover so yeah, uh, apologies for that but thank you to everyone for sticking with us thank you to our patreon subscribers yeah, yeah. thank yeah. you for sticking with us after we abandoned you for a week <laughs> thank you Liza. and um a quick announcement Next week is the Dirtbag Challenge. The garage is going to be closed, mm-hmm. but we're going to be recording. Knock. I'm going to bring in the equipment. We're going to be recording at Dirtbag Challenge. Whoop, whoop. You know, you know, you got to get there on. just a little early because, like, going through the bridge to Ti. At yeah, like Treasure Island two, is Ti. Two, three o'clock is a mm-hmm. piece of shit. 
But like whatever, we'll make it work. And then uh, the first weekend in November, some of us are going to be down in San Diego for the Twisted Throttle. It's like um, flat track and hooligan riding. It's got a rung with a brung. You yeah. know that. Shout out be to uh, Larry who gave us the heads up yeah. on that. Yeah. Larry at Creative Writing, thanks for yeah. uh, hooking us up with that. So that's what's going on. we got a lot coming up, and uh, I think that's it. I think we're ready to get out of here. Oh, yeah. I went to my 20-year oh, reunion yeah. in the oh, high, yeah. high school reunion. How, how was it? <laughs> it was great. Um, there was 80 people there, and only two people wrote it. That was me and my buddy Micah. So that was that. A chick. Wow. No, it's, it's, oh, a, it's a, a dude. It's a dude. Awesome. Awesome story. But that's it. Yeah. I'm glad you went. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. Glad that you get at least the two of you are there, you know, representing. Yeah, there was a lot of small talk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. All right. On that note, let's get out of here. Thanks again. This is Eliza. Bagel. Bex. This is Nook. Hola. Michelle. And Cassie. And Charlie and Micah went home. Yeah. And I think that we are ready to get out of here. Cool. We out. Cool.